Uh, I'm gay, so sports metaphors are Long over my head. Me, but even I know that calling Abby the Super Bowl is a compliment. I know, her being like, this Ferrari, and I was like, I think that's good. That is cars? That's a nice car. Hello, and welcome to R the 100 Podcast, brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 29-year-old journalist from beautiful post-apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. I like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Britannia, where I can be found attempting to be interesting and talking about my cat. And if I needed to, like, indicate... This is our fun fact for the day. If I needed to indicate to someone that someone had taken over my body and, like, it was not me, it would be a complete lack of knowledge of Jurassic Park. Like, if someone asked Isn't me... It- but but in this situation, uh-huh. isn't it something that somebody else would would say to indicate to people that you aren't you? What do you mean? Because Clark isn't doing what Josephine's doing. It's it's Josephine who's messing up, right? Yeah. So it would be like if someone mm-hmm. asked Josephine, like, oh, like what's your favorite part of Jurassic Park? And she was like, I don't know, I don't really watch that movie. Yes. Then it would be like, um, that's not Britney. Exactly. So yeah. It was it would be a complete knowledge of anything of Jurassic Park. That's my favorite movie of all time. I know. And my name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 24-year-old actor and drama instructor. I like brooding anti-heroes, feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. I run at the 100 script on Twitter. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. And um, if my friends, if my body had been body snatched Uh and my friends needed to figure out whether I am me or not, they'd be able to tell because... I would say things like they were dead the whole time about Lost. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. they sure weren't. No, they sh- they really weren't. They sure weren't. And you would know that if you wa- listen to the last five minutes of the actual finale. So frick everybody who thinks the finale is garbage because they were dead the whole time. Because guess what? It was your mistake because you weren't even freaking listening. Thanks. Especially because, like, everyone's been saying that after, like, Game of Thrones ended and sucked. And they're like, well, it was worse. It was better than the Lost finale. And I'm like. Sure freaking was First of all, incorrect. The Lost finale was actually emotionally satisfying for a lot of the characters. Mm-hmm. So what's good? And second of all, you're just there stupid. is no second of all. You're I'm just, just mad still. Stupid and wrong. <clears throat> okay, well, let's not call our listeners stupid if they didn't like the Lost finale. Uh, no, I will do that. Oh my god! Okay, well, I'm sorry. Robin's not, but I, I am. I am absolutely not sorry. Alright. Um, and you should listen to our podcast so that you can figure out why you're wrong. And then oh. you cannot be stupid! Oh my god, Robin! Yay! Today we have words to say about episode 605 of The 100, The Gospel of Josephine. So, first of all, mm-hmm. toot or boot. I actually would like to give this episode a shoot. <laughs> Me too! Let us shoot the episode. This episode was so good, it is going up to the god tier. Yeah. I'm so glad we're in agreement. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm proud of us. We have so many thoughts. And we have so many <clears throat> thoughts from listeners. Oh, oh what a segue. Oh, what Ooh. a segue. All right. So before we get started, thanks to everyone. I think we got like three-ish people who gave us all the times that Bellamy and Clark hug. Which Boy, turned, were we wrong. Which turned out to be around six. Yeah. I, well, yeah. Mm, yeah. So thank you to everyone who got back to us about that. Now we know. It's humbling to be wrong. Um, Isra. Our friend Isra at mm-hmm. Isra Glass. Maddie not going to school makes a lot of sense to me. Even if Maddie had red blood, I wouldn't let her go to a school in a new culture where I have no idea what they believe. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, so like. Great point. Gaia brings up this episode like, what if she got a paper cut? What if she scraped her knee and stuff? Which is also a good point, but like here, this is even a separate point from that as to why that's not a good idea. So check point point made. Checkmate in your favor. (laughs) Robin, do you play chess? No. Okay, just checking. Uh I've seen a game of wizard chess or two. Oh my god. Um at Liv Brown 12. 
So Papa Lightborn legit made them gods as an apology to his daughter for killing them during the Red Sun, and Josephine seems ten times worse than her father for some reason. I know some folks won't like it, but I want flashbacks on Psycho Josephine. Um, same. Yeah, um, I, same. If someone doesn't like it, like, I'm so sorry, but, like, I'm so interested in this character. Like, what happened? Yeah, like, girl, you've made some choices in yeah. your life. And then we got a few points from our friend Lucia! Hey, Lucia! At Lucia Roseanne. Um, just a few random points and then, like, a larger point. Mm-hmm. Tosh is a real name. Like, apparently there's someone in Torchwood named Tosh. Oh my god, I've seen Torchwood and I knew that. Mm. Uh, traditionally a boy's name, but now considered gender neutral. Gender neutral? Gender neutral. I gotta say, there's a drag queen <laughs> here in Vancouver named Kendall Gender, and I think that's where my brain went a little bit. It is bit. very hard to say that phrase. Super fun fact, Octavia quoted Aurora pretty much word for word from his sister's keeper. Oh cool, I feel pain. Yeah. Wow, we didn't notice that, hey? Also, Bellamy having selective party amnesia bothers her so much, more so because it could have been so easily fixed by him saying a party like this. Rather than just a party. <gasps> Good point. Um, and now her larger thoughts. Regarding crimes taking turns to be resurrected. I can't get over how bloody stupid Russell and Simone were. They inserted their daughter into a host who literally could not give consent while surrounded by her people, which they know are violent murderers and criminals. Do they think that Clark's people are just going to let this go? Let it pass? Water under the bridge? And on top of that, Russell says that Josephine was third in line, so they've jumped the queue, which is going to piss off the other primes and prime loyalists who were waiting their turn. So their own people are going to be angry at them too. And all because you didn't want to wait 50 years? You're practically immortal dipsticks just wait do it legally you'll get to play happy family when it's your freaking turn and not before and now because you jumped the gun and just couldn't wait you're gonna have hell raining down on you from all sides and probably actually die much earlier than if you just left well alone fools not being in sync with each other is the price of this murder happy resurrection hole you've dug yourself delilah said it all parents need to let their kids go at some time at some time they are 200 years old it's time to grow the frick up oh (laughs) read that you have feelings about this my And then she also mentioned that it's the Voldemort paradox. Wizards live well into their hundreds all on their own. Voldemort traces immortality and dies at 71. That's below average for a regular human, let alone a wizard. Yeah, it's so true, though. Yeah. But, like, that's always the lesson and the price of greed, right? Mm -hmm. Thank you so much to everybody who sent in thoughts from listeners this episode. Um, If you want your comments featured on the next podcast, uh, please use hashtag the 100AF so that we know that you are interested in um having it on the podcast also add us just in case who knows what hashtags these days you know yeah, what's up with hashtags these you days know, you know so thank you all right let's just jump into it we're starting with octavia and dioza of course which yes. i labeled my notes for this as o and dio <laughs> o and dio o and dio odio odio Oh, Owen Dioza. Odioza. I have to go. What are we doing? I don't know. Okay. Anyway, so outside sanctum. Octavia and Dioza chase Xavier on motorcycles, but he knows the land better than them. He lures them off their bikes and straight into quicksand. Sorry, Orbeez. Sorry, they're crucible. Yeah, that's, that's just Orbeez. Yeah, I want you to know that the entire summation of this episode, that pit is exclusively referred to as Orbeez. Yeah. And if you don't know what Orbeez are, look it up. It's uh, the word orb and then E-E-Z. Yeah. Z, whatever. No, it's However Zed. you say that letter. Zed. Um, yes. <laughs> but basically to sum it up, it's like these very, very tiny little balls. And then when you put water in them, then they grow and they're like little pearls, like boba, except do not eat them, God. Yeah, please don't. Yeah. Um, I feel like our listeners are smart enough to not eat them. Yeah. And they're like fun to play with, but also I think like grandmas use them to like put their 
put their plants in them and then and then they can get water it's also um good for fragrances yeah because they hold fragrance oil mm. but um i really suspect that's what this pit is made of it's just orbeez fully i saw it and after um like i did i don't think i noticed until octavia like actually went under and i was like so those are just um white orbeez huh i love it <laughs> yeah she's like okay um talk to me about him calling it the crucible well that was an interesting thing is um i think a couple people said that it was the crucible right but he actually says their crucible right so it's not so much that it's called that it's that that's what he thinks it is to them which we know because of killian is gabriel's favorite play and is super forbidden mm -hmm. hmm i wonder why this random man would have knowledge of uh the crucible yeah so um well, i mean killian did right so it's like it's hard to i don't know yeah but killian did because he like oh yeah i guess yeah it's just like you guys really love the crucible huh I guess so. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Diosa decides being stuck in Orbeez is a good time to serve Octavia some hot tea. She tells Octavia that she's a hurricane and that she needs to get over eating people. True. Octavia struggling when she was told not to is a metaphor for her life, apparently. Xavier is watching them from the trees. Diosa pulls a gun on O and asks if she wants to die. O dares her to do it, but Diosa is unimpressed. She's already been where Octavia is. As long as Octavia lives, she can change. Diosa gives up the gun, and voila, here comes Xavier. He wants to know who of their people are Nightbloods and if they have mind drives. Octavia is not telling him anything, though, so don't ask. This is a big <clears throat> scene. So you kind of got to it, but my note was this Octavia struggling symbolism, though. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, when Octavia is literally the living embodiment of her entire life struggle, like, I thought quicksand was going to be a much bigger problem than it actually ended up being. But, um, but quicksand is, like, when, when it's, like, basically quicksand, and then you get to the point in which you're, like, down pretty farther, then it's, like, then it's, like, such a great symbolism thing. And you don't even think about it until you're down there thrashing around and not getting anywhere, just making it worse and worse and worse. Devil snare, devil snare. My whole thing is that Charmaine Dioza, as we know, is a millennial. Mm. So she's probably seen John Mulaney stand up. <laughs> so she probably is thinking in the back of her mind the entire time. I always thought that exact quote. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm uh, just really happy about that. But isn't it that in quickstand, usually if you just stay still and sink, your feet will hit the bottom? I can't say I know that much about quicksand. I, I again, I really related to that John Mulaney bit because I stressed about quicksand a lot as a child. Mm -hmm. So I have looked it up. Is that true then? Yeah. But then if it's taller than you, if it's taller than you, then you're not going to hit the bottom. But I think a lot of the time it's that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, I thought it was so funny that, um, Dioza said, uh, put us out of, put you, put you out of our misery. <laughs> like what a burn. <laughs> you and I shared misery because I'm so sick of yeah. your crap. I really liked Dioza talking to Octavia in this way. What it reminded me of was Luna talking to Murphy in season four. Yeah. You mentioned that when we were watching and I cannot for the life of me remember that moment. Well, Raven like freaks out and then um, Luna goes and like helps Raven. Mm -hmm. Do you remember this? And then it's like a bunch of- In the lab? Yeah. It's a bunch of um, close-ups and she's like rocking Raven and talking yeah. to Raven and everyone's just like, oh my god, chip it! See mechanic, woo! Hey. Which, same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then it was like kind of Murphy's fault or something. I think, I don't know if it was Murphy's fault. Everybody who, who's listening to this is going to rem to remind us exactly how it went, which we appreciate yeah. because in this moment, I just don't have the time to go look at it, look up. No. Um, but I think basically what happened was Raven was like yelling at Murphy 
if if my memory is correct, I don't think Murphy really did like he wasn't really yelling at Raven. It was just like he like said two sarcastic things and then Raven like started yelling she at him frustrated. and then freaked out. Yeah. And then Murphy I think just like left or whatever and he was like moping around about how bad his life is and you know Murphy stuff in yeah, season four. Just little Murphy um, things. Remember and they were in Becca's office and Claire was like, Oh my gosh, look at this decor. And then Luna comes in and and Murphy is practicing Trigetta slang, but he says something completely wrong. Oh, oh, bless. Yeah. 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 And then she comes in and, like, tells him that, like, she's been there and her life has also been sad. But I think she says something like, it's okay because, I mean, Luna at that point was like, peace, peace, peace. Everything is okay. You can always turn it around, mm-hmm. I think, from what I remember. But either way, that's what it reminded me of. Okay. So basically, they act as the, uh, get a grip friend. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I really love that dynamic with them. And I really love that, like, Dioza has literally been where Octavia is and she's like, I know how to solve your problem and you kind of know how to solve your problem, but until you accept that you are not a victim of circumstance in this moment, you're just gonna keep sinking. So Dioza's saying, like, as long as you draw breath, you can turn it around. Mm -hmm. Is that her being like, and then she says, like, I'm known as a literal monster. Yeah. Is is this us trying, is this the show trying to get us to turn, like, on Dioza in, like, a good way? Yeah. Like, Dioza's now going to try and be a good person and stop um, killing people and stuff. I think Dioza knows who she is and she knows that her morals are flexible, but that she will always sort of try to help. I think her trying to help Octavia does more for her turning around than her saying that. Mm-hmm. Like, she's trying to save this lost, what who she sees as a kid, because maybe if she can save Octavia, she can also save herself. Very she, Murphy and Abby. She even says, like, I'll come back for you when earlier she, like, held a gun to her head and said, I'll put us out of our misery. Mm -hmm. Put you out of our misery. Yeah. You know? So it's like, yeah. I think this is one of the best combinations of people the show has ever done. We saw a glimpse of it at the end of season five when they were talking about power. I loved that scene. Yeah, because it was like, oh crap, these are two characters who sort of share the same soul energy. And now we get to see them together. And it's fantastic because Octavia now is not like the brutal dictator. She's, to me, she kind of has the energy of like an emo teen and their fed up mom. Mm -hmm. And I I love it. Mm -hmm. Um, Dioza compliments Xavier on his gray hair. Yeah. Why does Xavier just have one stripe of gray hair? I want to. I was. I felt very triumphant last night. Okay. Just to be clear. Okay. Because I had done all my notes. By the way, today we're recording in the morning, which we don't usually do, but we've got time because we're on hiatus. Yeah. For one week. I felt very triumphant because Brittany and I had been talking about this temporal flare thing that, um, you know, obviously we'll talk about later if you didn't know anything about temporal flares. Oh boy, do we have thoughts for you. Yes, we do. Um, but basically because Octavia's hand turned old, it basically has, it's, it, it's basically has something to do with time. Yes. Right? We've never seen time travel in this show before, so it's very uh, exciting. But um, I walked into Brittany's room last night and I went, do you think that Xavier has that gray hair like streak thing because of the temporal flare? Oh my God. And she hadn't thought of that. I I just wanted to say that I'm a genius. Thank you. That actually like, okay, so that started us off on a path. Yes. (laughs) And it was like, mm, I want to say it was like midnight, one in the morning. And we came up with a crackpot. Yeah. Ridiculous. It is a theory that we think has a basis in reality based on what we think the temporal mechanics of this planet are. So... But that's just us? Yeah. So... So... 
Um, okay, so should we go over what the theory is or should we go over like the science behind it? Let's, yeah, let's look at what temporal flares are first of all, because some other people might not know what temporal flare even means. Okay, okay, okay. So who's ready to talk about Star Trek? <laughs> I know somebody who's always willing to talk about Star Trek. It's me! Okay, but I actually have a great excuse this time. And it's that um, there's temporal flares that are mentioned on the show. And then Jason Rothenberg, the showrunner, um, tweeted about temporal flares and temporal anomalies or temporal. I There's two different ways to say it in my brain. And I prefer to say temporal. So here's what a temporal anomaly is. Because when you Google that, the first result is going to be memory alpha, which is the Star Trek wiki. Um, because this is it's a Star Trek thing. Like a temporal anomaly is a Star Trek thing. Um, a temporal anomaly is a disruption in the space-time continuum which can be related to time travel. Temporal anomalies can take many forms and have many different effects, including temporal reversion, the creation of alternate timelines, and fracturing a vessel into different time periods. So for the sake of this show, and given what like they've kind of started hinting at in terms of Octavia's hand and Xavier's hair, it looks like it's not alternate timelines. It's not fracturing. It is a rapid aging. Seemingly. I feel like I've seen something like this before, but I haven't seen Star Trek. Did, did something like this happen on Doctor Who? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay, great. Continue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the time travel capital of the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Points were made. <laughs> yeah. Points were made. So my theory here, based on looking at the opening credits, um, some stuff from the opening credits, and also a comment from Killian about the gel and how the Orbeez protected Octavia, I think either this is a rapid aging process and that there might be a de-aging process in there as well. That's interesting. Do you think the Orbeez, like the gel is made out of the Orbeez? I think possibly, yeah. Because it looks like it could be the same thing, but then it's like, it's not like one of her hands was like outside of the thing, right? So it's like, how did this happen to one of her hands? Yeah, that was my whole thing. But I mean, Killian said this might protect me right. from the radiation shield. Or like, hopefully it protected me enough. Yeah. So I'm guessing um, in the opening credits, or sorry, on the map that Bellamy shows um, Murphy, there is a little area uh, labeled gel pools. Mm -hmm. So who made this map? Like the cartographers of Sanctum? Yeah, I guess okay. so. Okay. So I'm guessing that these pools, like they use that gel for something. I don't know if it's for anti-radiation. Like it's definitely going to come back. But so far it looks like it does protect you from the temporal uh, flares, except for, I guess, one aesthetic part of you. So a hand or a streak of hair. Right. So based on just sort of the flares and like, I kind of actually even wonder what the mechanics are because there is apparently on that map, there's a huge area that just says temporal anomaly, which means like there's actually a whole part of this planet that exists outside of normal space time. So who knows what happens when you walk into it? And is that the area that sends off the flare? And if so, are the flares actually rapidly aging you or de-aging? Because I did wonder if hitting that area with that, like, energy aged it backwards and not forwards. Aged what backwards? The forest. Um, the only reason why I think it is for forwards is not that- it's because the trees aren't, like, sprouts. Like, they're- Yeah. They're, they're large and they're broken, you know? They're large and they're broken and they seem to almost be burnt. Yeah. Which is, like, are, are the flares showing you a possible eventuality Future? of what happens to Sanctum? Yeah. Like, does Sanctum get burned? Josie literally says- they're gonna burn this place to the ground. Exactly. Um, hello? And it's like, um, how many planets are y'all gonna burn? <laughs> so based on all of that, and Xavier's weird hair, and just our crackpot theories, we think- Oh god. 
God. <laughs> Xavier is Gabriel. We think that Xavier is Gabriel. And you're like, wait, nothing you just said led up to that. And I'm like, but in my mind, it makes it. Yeah, sorry. But another thing is it's like, a way that I want to make it make sense is that if, like, he's not saying, did you know that the, the Crucible is Gabriel's favorite play? He's just, he's just referencing the Crucible. Yeah. You know, like, obviously Killian knew that, that the Crucible was his favorite play. So it's like, I guess people know that. Yeah. But here's the thing is it's like, I don't know how we got to this part, this point, <laughs> but after we got to this point, it was then so it, late at night, it was so late at night. We got to this point and then it was like, okay, here's how I can make it make sense. You know, like, like there was nothing really leading up to this. It just kind of got to that point And then it was like, okay. And then, and then adding things exactly. to it. You know what I mean? But, like, everyone's saying that they don't know where the old man is, who we're assuming is Gabriel. Yeah. They don't know if he's alive. They don't know if he's dead. Apparently, he walked into a temporal whatever. Right? They said that already or no? They did, right? I feel like someone mentioned that he walked into a temporal. Yeah. Like, anomaly, which leads me to believe that he's actually found an alternate way to, like, achieve immortality. Right. So. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Is yeah. That, it's just, like, maybe Gabriel got, or the, or Xavier got primed. Yeah. Without everyone else's knowledge. And he's doing what Josie is doing, except better. Yeah. Because they don't know him very well. Yeah. But, like, but they don't know if he's dead. They don't know if he's alive. They don't know where he is. They don't know if he's literally right beside them. And I, I almost wonder if he was primed without his consent by Josie. Uh-huh. Um, and maybe that has something to do with Kaylee and Isaac. You know, maybe it has something to do with those lightborn like, observation area, which I think is Josie's lab. It, it, it makes me wonder, like, because I don't think Gabriel would willingly be primed at this point, just seeing how torn he was later in the videos. Right. I don't know. But Xavier did also have, like, a lot of, like, information. He'd be like, Gabriel wants this and Gabriel wants this like he was like we don't kill people and we're not gonna kill Rose and like do what I say Tosh and all of this stuff and I'm like hello why do you speak for Gabriel and why does everyone else think completely differently than you also we were thinking about their names right Xavier and Gabriel have very similar um their uh, religious roots yeah they have yeah. religious roots but also even um the vowels yeah are the same. Yeah. A and then I and E together, you know? Okay, you know- Their that names me- are similar. You know that meme of someone putting together, like, a conspiracy theory board and, like, looking insane? That's us. That's <laughs> us right now. <laughs> so, anyway- that probably has no basis, but that's what we said. Yeah, we're just like, this is how we got to the correct answer when watching Riverdale. Is yes. We just made wildly baseless, like, guesses. Yeah. And we turned out to be right. So. Yeah, we got it. We got it. So we have a track record of making guesses out of the blue and being correct. It's called triumph. Yeah. It's called being legends. <laughs> So that's our that's our theory right now, based on some pseudoscience from a science fiction franchise that I don't even know if Jason Rothenberg has seen. Yeah. <laughs> um, how do you feel about Xavier asking if they have mind drives as well? Um, as well, obviously, tells us that they all do, or just the Primes did. Yeah. We know that the Primes definitely did, basically. Yeah, Josie but- definitely talked about how she was like, oh, you use the mind drives, that's genius. But why was it only that group and no one else? Well, when the Primes came down, they had Nightblood and mind drives, I assume. Mm-hmm. And then when they died, they took out the mind drives, or 
or Gabriel reverse engineered the mind drives to make it so that it uploaded their entire consciousness. Yeah. And then, so now this is their mind drives, the little flame. But why only, I guess, 12 or 13 of them? Like, was that just the whole group was 12 or 13 people? I mean, yeah. It just seems like such a small group. It absolutely is. But that's the picture that we got. I mean, who knows? Alpha could have gone to other, I mean, you know, alpha, beta, whatever. Like, there could be more. I like mean, you've said. As as it literally says on the map and Bellamy says, they've only mapped like a tiny part of the entire planet. And it's been like 200 years. Like, what are you waiting for? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're like, oh, sorry, we were busy achieving immortality. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah, busy. I guess that's fair. Mm-hmm. Dioza wants to talk, but Octavia doesn't. Dioza is just gonna talk when Octavia dies, so she may as well just spill all of the beans now. Sorry, all of the Orbeez. Mm-hmm. Xavier guesses that Octavia wants a hero's death, but is she a hero if she killed 12 people? Dude, that number is so much higher than 12. Do- sure is. <laughs> Dioza says people who kidnap little kids in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. A temporal flare sweeps in and scares Xavier into throwing them the rope. Dioza can make it out, but Octavia can't. She tells Dioza to save her baby and then slips into the Orbeez before the flare hits. When it passes, all the trees have died and the Orbeez have turned to ice. Dioza smashes through it and digs Octavia out. She is reborn, but her hand is suddenly old AF. That out, though. I'm Canadian. Okay, it's just gonna happen sometimes. I love how Dioza was like, listen, um, I'm gonna save myself. So, whatever. Either way, I'm gonna talk. Well, the f- yeah, that's what I love the most. The thing is, like, what's stopping her now? Other than Octavia yelling at her. Octavia's stuck in the thing. Like, she can't even touch Dioza. Because it's not, it's not about, in my mind, it's not actually about Octavia protesting. It's that... Dioza wants to get to the bottom of why Octavia is protesting. Gotcha. You know? And so it's like, if Octavia is going to die and go down in flames, I think a part of Octavia or a part of Dioza wants to respect Octavia's quote unquote dying wishes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But she also wants to save Octavia. I really, I love this relationship. I'm obsessed with it. I was trying to make a, like, obviously Xavier says you killed 12 of our people. Yeah. Magic number 12 again. Magic number 12. And I was like, Russell killed 12 people. And I realized, no, he didn't. He killed 11 people. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So oops. But either way, 12 is a very important number. That's my, it's a great sci-fi trope is the number 12. Yeah. Octavia says, save your baby. Ah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Octavia genuinely, like, we've talked about this before, but a lot of season five skated over the emotional repercussions of what these characters were doing. And they also addressed this later in the Abby and Jackson scene, which I was so grateful for. But Octavia being on this journey of redemption and being reluctantly pulled around, around by, like, a flippin' terrorist and drowning in Orbeez and then being reborn is just, it's perfect, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. When she got pulled out, I was like, cool, rebirth. Yeah, like- 100%. She, like, literally, she's yeah. she's in, like, sticky gel. Like, yeah. Like, that was a- Like, we were saying on the Stranger Things podcast recently, like, Nancy being pulled out of the tree portal in season one, I mean, there it is. Yeah, yeah. You know? And it's the same- It's actually the same kind of thing that they did on Battlestar Galactica. When you are- When Cylons are reborn in a new body, um, they emerge out of this tub of, like, embryonic fluid. And it's like, oh, okay, like, it is such a- similar happens in Westworld. Yeah, it's such, like, a huge birth metaphor. And I think here, Blood Reina goes under and Octavia comes out. Right. You know what I mean? Westworld also uses the word hosts. They sure do. Yeah, you can see a lot of Westworld influence here, which I'm nuts about. Mm -hmm. I love it. Um, if Octavia couldn't, like, I mean, she kind of did, but, like, if Octavia wasn't totally safe under there- then where did Dioza hide? I think as long as you get away from the impact area, you're okay. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, I have that same question as well, but I know we're not going to get an answer to right. it. So I think it's just she ran far enough away. Okay. Um, I really appreciated Dioza not using her fists to break open the ice, which means she's smarter than Archie Andrews. Yeah. Um, Robin also said that while we were watching the episode. For those of you who don't know, um, Robin and I are good old Canadian kids. And we were watching season one of the Riverdale. The finale of season the one. The finale of Riverdale. And Archie tried to save Cheryl Blossom falling through ice by pounding on the ice with his fists. And then he freaking got all bloody and basically like broke his 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 hand. And we were like, your feet are right there. As Canadians, and probably as people just in general, mm-hmm. if there's ice and you have to get through it, you, you use your feet. You never, ever use your hands. And if you can't use your feet, actually, probably better to not use your feet. Use this, like, use a tool. Yeah. Like the other has. Or your group of friends standing behind you who all <laughs> also have feet and hands. I don't know. At Betty, at Jughead, at Veronica. Yeah. Maybe help. Yeah. Instead of just calling for help. Anyway, still upset about it. Oh, for sure still upset about it. But what was the instrument that Dioza used? I was just thinking that. I I don't, I mean, the only thing that we saw her have was that, was the gun. Yeah. But then Xavier took it? I think so. So I'm not sure what that was. It kind of looked like, to me, because I have no idea what these things look like, it looked like some kind of like mechanical part. So maybe it was a part of the motorcycle? Could be, yeah. That was, oh yeah. Well, the motorcycle is so far away, right? Because they ran. Well, that was my shot in the dark. Okay, yeah, so I don't know. An attempt was made. I didn't say it was successful. I gotta say, like, Octavia's old hand, and it's, like, black, too. It's very Dumbledore. Okay, here's here's what's what. Octavia is looking at her hand, and I was like, oh my god, her hand turned black. That's so scary. Because I didn't think her hand looked old, because it looks like my hand. I was like, because I have, like, really bony hands. I have hands like my grandmother's. They're bony. They kind of look like, you know, they're not old people hands, but they definitely are not, like, model hands. So I was looking at it, and I was like, yeah, that's just a normal-looking hand. <laughs> and I was sitting there being like, oh, God! Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. The horror! Yeah, I was like, yeah, okay. Like, oh, she needs a manicure! But to, if I can make a theory out of this, just based on Harry Potter... Go off! Um, This happens to Dumbledore because he tries to put on the Horcrux ring, and then his hand gets cursed. Yes. And we know that this is a little bit different because her hand is literally, like, aged or whatever. And maybe if she goes into the right temporal flare, then... And Gabriel slash Xavier, who knows things about this, could potentially, like, help her get into the right one and, like, fix her hand. Yeah. But in Half-Blood Prince, when this happens, Snape is the one who's, like, helping out Dumbledore and basically says, like, if... I mean, I guess no spoilers for Half-Blood Prince, but Dumbledore dies. I'm not gonna tell you who kills him, though. (laughs) Because spoilers, but... If Dumbledore hadn't died, Snape says that it'll just get worse and worse and worse. It'll start spreading and spreading and spreading. And then, and you'll, you'll just die anyway. You yeah. Know? So, I mean, yeah, I guess that's my only point. I think Gabriel slash Xavier, because I think it's pretty clear that like, I realized what I was thinking of. What? I wasn't thinking of Doctor, of Doctor Who. What? Hercules. I have to go. Hercules. When Hercules goes to the underworld to save Megara... And he puts his hand in the thing, and his hand is old, and he goes under into the thing, and then he turns into an old person before he gets to Megara. That's it. That's what I was thinking of. I hate that you're correct. That's it. I Thanks. I hate it. I figured it out. Okay. I, it literally was, like, in my head this whole time, and I'm like... I thought you were talking about that one episode where Mark Gatiss invented the de-aging device, but the de-aging device actually just evolved him into a big giant spider thing. I don't know. You know what I mean? That was, um, Ten and Martha. Okay. Yeah. I feel like the only thing I really remember from Ten and Martha... 
was like, good old JK. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, actually, Trump. no. I was thinking about that exact episode earlier because I was talking about how my only, like, knowledge of, like, the whole witch lore and being persecuted as witches was that friggin' episode of Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Um, and having been to Salem. Oh, and BuzzFeed Unsolved. Yep. So, weird that we were on the same Doctor Who wavelength, but for different reasons. Mm, excellent. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say that, um, the reason you under- you remembered Martha and Ten was because Andrew Garfield was in that episode with, like, the pigs? The pigs. The pigs and the Daleks? Like, yeah. I was like, what the hell? I remember is that-, that one. Is that Spider-Man? Is that Seth? Spider-Man? Yeah. Yeah, that's actually all I have to say about that. Other than, as you were talking, I was wondering if the anomaly... So there's this episode of Star Trek Voyager. Okay. Where um, Chakotay has to travel through different fractured time areas of Voyager and has to, like, kidnap a previous Janeway to, like, fix the, like, whole ship and bring it back into temporal sync. What if the anomaly is also split into different temporal things and each flare does something different that's what i was thinking is yeah. that one of them like de-ages and one of them ages or yeah something? so it could be that gabriel has to like I-, I would be fascinated to see what it looks like inside the anomaly because it makes you wonder like does it exist at different time periods like are some parts of the planet newly growing are some burnt to a crisp like what stage of evolution is the planet in yeah and you can actually see <laughs> In retrospect, they were telling us the whole time. But under Richard Harmon's name in the opening credits, the anomaly wipes out, like, the forest area. Yeah. And it all turns to dust. They were trying to tell us, and we just didn't understand. Yeah. You know? Well, like, earlier in the season, we were all like, it's clones. And it sure wasn't. It sure wasn't. It was so much better (laughs) than clones. Yeah. Like, we get to talk about time travel. The shift to hard sci-fi in this show I gotta tell you, is my favorite thing the show's ever done. Yeah. And Kane and Abby boned once. This is still my favorite thing the show's ever done. <laughs> hey, Brittany, do you know what Patreon is? No, can you tell me? Sure. So Patreon is a service in which you can donate to some of your favorite creators monthly. Monthly? Yeah. Oh, how much is that? Well, our lowest one, well, it's as much as you want, but our lowest one is only $1 a month. Oh, that's a freaking bargain. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you want to just, like, swap it out for a coffee, then maybe you could make it, like, $3 a month. That'd be cool. And then just, like, drink coffee at home, like, once a month? Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. I don't drink coffee, so I don't know how much coffee costs. Me neither. (laughs) Um, but, so, another thing that you get if you become a Patreon sponsor, other than our, uh, eternal gratitude. I want you guys to know that Robin just did, like, a sweeping arm movement, like she was displaying a car on the prices Right. Eternal gratitude. Eternal gratitude. Um, is that you get early access to all of the podcasts. At least one day. We try to make it uh, earlier if possible, but it's got it's at least one day for sure. Um, so if you want this podcast on Saturdays instead of Sundays, that's how you do it. Um, thank you to everybody who has been joining our Patreon recently. We've seen like a, a bump in the amount of people who are joining, which is like- I love you guys. So, 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 so kind. We really, really, really appreciate it. It means a lot to us. So yes, thank you very much. And if you can't donate for any reason, that's totally okay. The next best thing you can do is recommend us to a friend. And also, um, oh, we've broken the bit because we were talking about, you were telling me what Patreon is. But oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I just want to mention, um, if you want to know where the money goes, it goes to the hosting fees of five podcasts and a website. Yeah. It's so. just a lot. It is. Yeah. It is a lot. So that's where they go. Yeah, we appreciate it very much. Very much. All right, we're going to head inside Sanctum now. I feel safer outside Sanctum than inside Sanctum. I'm going to be real with you. (laughs) Okay. Things are going weird in there. So Kaylee gets Mm -hmm. summoned by the royal family. 
Turns out she might be a heckin' traitor who tried to flee Sanctum with her family because looking for a better life is illegal on that planet, okay? So don't do it. Time for some backstory, courtesy of Josephine Clark. Kaylee straight up murdered Josephine because Josephine straight up murdered a dude named Isaac in the Offering Grove. Got it? Good. Great. Josephine then murders Kaylee. So I'm going to go ahead and say that Josephine's really bad at keeping friends. Yeah. I feel like she keeps killing them. I have so many notes on this just for this one scene. Oh my God. Go off, please. Okay. So first of all, Jade returned with your family, which we were like, what? Because um, the children of Gabriel had their heads. And we had for some reason assumed that the children of Gabriel had like gone back and like put the heads somewhere else and then like dealt with Octavia and, and Rose. But apparently since they killed last episode, the children of Gabriel and Jade was there, mm -hmm. I guess they still had the heads. They just didn't really show us that? Yeah. So, I mean, that was, that's implied, I guess. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I would have been like, you know how Jade was on the motorcycle holding Rose's body? Yeah. I, I think, and maybe we missed it, but Diosa even like slinging a bag of heads on the back of the motorcycle would have sold that yeah. for me. I would have been like, oh, okay, they have the chips now. Yeah. And I assume like their bodies, like other than their heads, are still over by, I'm just going to keep calling it the dropship, I guess, because that's the, that's the vocabulary I have, you know, for this show. And it is a dropship. Yeah. Like so I'm just going to keep calling it the dropship, but know that I'm not talking about that dropship because that wouldn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, but I assume their bodies are still pretty much intact. So if they want, they can like go and get them so that they can put them in the line <laughs> downstairs. Oh, I see. I was like, where is she going with this? I'm like, are you saying that those are free snacks? Uh, nope, that's not what I was saying. Okay, I I don't appreciate that you looked at me like I was crazy, considering cannibalism is something this show has done. And that everyone seems to regret. I'm just saying. Okay. It's a plausible thing that could be done with bodies. Because one of the things that I noticed when we got downstairs was, I'm just gonna keep going downstairs also. Um, Where's downstairs? What are you talking about? Down Downstairs. Oh, and the... I I think uh, Jordan called it the reliquary. The reliquary. There you go. I know. I was like, big word for somebody who has never met anyone before. Yeah, he's probably <laughs> My dude just read reads books. encyclopedia. Yeah. Um, but I noticed that like the very first one, I'm like, whoa, somebody died of head trauma, mm -hmm. and it's like, yeah, Russell shot them in the head. I guess. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Classic. Fully. So it's clear that they that even though like they died of head trauma, they like put the pieces back together, you know? So oh, it's yeah. like them being decapitated is not a problem. Like it's someone's dedicated job in Sanctum to, I don't know how they're doing this, but basically extract those skeletons, yeah. clean them, repair them, and then put them in a museum. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Please read my mind. Night at the museum? No. Oh. Whose job would that be? Do you know the answer? Or are you trying to figure out who the answer is? No, I'm trying to me? make a fire joke directed specifically for you. Whose job would that be? Is it about drag queens? No. Is it about Riverdale? Yes. It is? Yes. It's Dr. Curdle Jr. Yes! yes! <laughs> Please explain Dr. Curdle Jr. Please. <laughs> Dr. Curdle Jr. <laughs> Robin is obsessed with Dr. Curdle Jr. And it's important that it's Jr., yeah. not his father. Who died. Yeah. So please call me Dr. Curdle Jr. Yeah. Dr. Curdle was my father. Yeah. He basically is like a mortician. And <laughs> he, I love Dr. Curdle he Jr. He can be paid off by literally anyone, including <laughs> teenagers, to view dead bodies of fellow teenagers and then like speculate on how they died. And Robin is obsessed 
obsessed with Dr. Curdle Jr. I just appreciate that he's thriving. In, in Well, I mean, the body economy is just really, really, really doing good. well in Riverdale. <laughs> yeah. He's thriving. Yeah, he's got a great business going on. I love I think- Dr. Curdle Jr. He's so freaking creepy. He literally only showed up for the last last season. Mm-hmm. He, ju- he showed up at the beginning of season three. Yeah, he inexplicably, Dr. Curdle died. We don't know how or why. And suddenly there was Dr. Curdle Jr. And no one ever <laughs> asked a question except for us. We were like, where did Dr. Curdle go? And the show was like, we don't care. <laughs> but here's his son, who's just like really, really creepy and basically, um, his storyline of season three was basically just like, hi, I'm Dr. Curdle Jr. My dad died. I'm now the mortician. I took over the family business. Hi, I'm Dr. Curdle Jr. To here's bodies, 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 give to Betty and Jughead. What, Jughead? I didn't totally lie to you about something. What, Betty? We found a hand. Yeah, literally. And that's it. All he did was um, give teenagers way too much information about dead people. Yeah. Um, in exchange for cash. Mm-hmm. So, um... I God, feel I like, love him. I love him. I feel like Dr. Criddle Jr. would fit in so well in Sanctum. He's got no morals. I love him. Oh, my God. I was so worried that Dr. Criddle Jr. was going to die this season, but he didn't, you guys. Everything is fine. I feel like... Dr. Girl Jr., please come on our podcast, our Riverdale podcast, please. Yeah, I'm sure that he's listening to this 100 podcast. I don't know. And is really into If anybody it. knows Dr. Girl Jr. Do you even know his actor's name? I can no. Find out for you. <laughs> anyway. I just think of him as Matthew Gray Goobler who <laughs> went through a trauma. <laughs> that's, that's what I think of him as. <laughs> <laughs> Please allow us this brief segue into Dr. Colonel Jr. standing. Wait, I'll, I'll get a name. I'll get a name. Oh my god. His name is Nikolai. Okay. I want to talk to him on the podcast a lot. You are such a special person. He's, so, anyway, wait, you absolute dingbat. Wait. What? Was Dr. Colonel Jr. only in six episodes? Yeah, he barely, he was barely in the show. You're just obsessed with him. And I don't know why. <laughs> I have yet to understand your obsession with Dr. Hurdle Jr. They just talk about him a lot, I guess. They don't! <laughs> like, anyway, I just think don't. he's great. Like, it's not even like being obsessed with Jackson, where it's like, oh yeah, it's Jackson. Like, he's around, he's an established character, he talks to Abby. It's like being obsessed with, like... Ethan. Yeah. And, and five guy. Yeah, like... Yeah, oh yeah, you were obsessed with five guys, so never mind. I wasn't <gasps> obsessed with him, I just thought he was funny. Well, you're obsessed with five guys. How many? They all sell oh, burgers. Oh. I just told you five. I was trying to ask you which ones. <laughs> How many? Five. It's a burger joke. So Kaylee's family, there are three of them, obviously. They're, her family is five guys. and four. <laughs> I have slept maybe mm, four hours in the past two days. Why didn't you have a nap, you butthead? Because I wanted to stay awake to get to keep my analyzation Star Trek brain going. And what have we done? Absolutely none of that. <laughs> so her family is number five and number four. So we spent a lot of time last week trying to figure out what the symbol on the back of Josephine's was. And then we fully forgot to bring it up on the podcast, but we brought it up on Twitter and we figured out that they are Roman numerals. Okay, I'm really upset that we forgot to bring it up, by the way, because Robin and I probably workshopped that thing for like half an hour. We were looking at like Chinese characters. We were were drawing them into like our phones. Yeah, it was like a thing. Anyway, 
So it looks like Josie's was like three, but we know that she's like the first one. So it should be, oh, but she wasn't the first mind drive. She was the first person that they brought back to life. Yeah. And now this episode, we've learned that the mind drives were put in before they even came on. So it makes sense that she would be number three because Russell would be number one and Simone would be number two. Thank okay, you. But why even, this is, this is my whole thing with Becca is why even invent a mind drive in the first place? Like what, what purpose would that serve these people? Ooh. Can I make a theory that will probably not be brought up, but I, I'm going to bring it up anyway? Absolutely. Actually, actually, it could be brought up. They could be like, Becca did this because this. But, mm. um, okay, so stay with me here. I'm, I'm here. I'm ready. Becca's thinking, okay, something bad is going to happen potentially on this planet. Who knows who's going to die or whatever. Okay. How do they get their information back to the Earth or Allegis or whatever, the things that they've learned. I wonder if the things that they learn goes into their mind drive, and then when they die, all of their information or whatever, I mean- Like Becca would be able to access it? Well, she said that Gabriel like reverse engineered it or something. So you reverse engineered it to to collect our whole minds. I know what it is. I know what it is. She gave them more storage. Yeah. Like- Like a Pensieve. Yes. She wanted to give them um, more storage in order to assimilate all this information and hold the amount of, like, information they needed to be on a new planet. Mm -hmm. That has to be it, right? Yeah. Like, that's why Josie can speak 50 bazillion languages. Yeah. I think it it might have to do with, like, increasing brain storage or something. Yeah. Because why else call it a drive? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, Okay. Yeah. Um, So either way, her family is five, four... And then the other one, it could be three or six. I think it's six, though, because we believe that Josephine is three. Yes. So it would be Russell, Simone, Josie. Then we have four and five, which I assume are Kaylee's parents, Faye and Victor. And then six is either Kaylee or um, her brother. Yes. But the thing that- Oh, sorry. It's Faye and Daniel. Yeah, I was going to say, that was the one thing that we got wrong last week was the fact that Kaylee was the daughter. Oops. Um, I'm really upset because I literally had that thought and then forgot to bring it up on the podcast. And I hate when we do that because I literally had it and then I didn't talk about it. And then I was like, like, oh, sure you did. I was like, no, here's the thing. I believe you. Yeah. I 100% believe you. I did because I I was like, have we even gone back to check? Kaylee was the one who said, yo, where's my husband? Where's my husband? Exactly. It could have been Faye who said that. And it turns out it was Faye who said that. And it's interesting because Dioza, the first person she killed was a, an older gentleman, but like, and that would be Kaylee's brother. You think? <gasps> yes, that's that right. But, but they're never the same, like the right age, right? So, so that's her, that's her brother. You're totally right. And her mother was younger than her because we kind of saw like a glimpse of her face at one yes. point. Oh my God, that just blew my whole mind. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So that means Kaylee is one of the teens. God, I really need to like take a look at that picture and then start like labeling the people in the picture. We should. I have to do that. I'll do that after I'm recording. Um, I, I'm definitely gonna, gonna get that done and I'm going to post it. But we thought that the two kids in the front were those kids, but Kaylee is supposed to be one of the teen girls. Yeah, Kaylee... Well, but or, here's the thing. It, it's been 200 years. Exactly. And everybody has about the same amount of age at this point anyway. Yeah, that was my thought as well as like, okay, yeah, they're friends, but that doesn't mean that they were the same age when they all got there. Right. They could have become friends way after that right. too. Right. Okay. Okay. Anyway, so everybody's numbered. Yeah. Um, Josie says they were trying to run away 
But this was about this past eclipse, and she died six years ago. So how would she know? That was um, the other thing that I was thinking about, which leads me to a suspicion that Kaylee and her family knew something that no one else does. And I think it's that there is another settlement somewhere on this planet. Mm -hmm. And there's a very- Like not the children of Gabriel? Not the children of Gabriel. Because where else would they be going? Like, where could you hide? Yeah. So it was either they were running to the children of Gabriel because they believed Gabriel, but like there's absolutely no reason that after six years, Kaylee would suddenly start panicking. Yeah. Because Priya didn't have the information that like Kaylee murdered Josephine. Right. So there was no need to stress about that. Rose wasn't going to ascend for another, what, 10 or more years. Yeah. It, it makes no sense. I don't, I can't tell if that was just supposed to be a throwaway line. Yeah. Or if it was an intentional misdirect. Right. Because but you were right. It looks like Kaylee is the one who literally pushed Josephine off the cliff. You I thought it was gonna knew be, it! You thought it was going to be Gabriel, but you, you definitely thought that somebody was, like, pushed her for sure. Yeah, I was bummed that it wasn't Gabriel just because, like, I thought that would be interesting. But now I'm kind of wondering, now that we've seen more of Gabriel and Josie's relationship, like, where they stand with each other now. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, what's going to happen now? Who was Isaac? What happened in the Offering Grove? What the hell is the Offering Grove? How fun is it going to be when our stupid ass theory comes true and Josephine sees Xavier and is just like, sup, Gabriel, and everyone's like, what? Oh my god, I'm literally, it's gonna be a triumphant moment for us. Yeah. For sure, when that totally does happen. No, okay, but, like, this is why we have to, like, say our theories out loud. Yeah. Like, because, I mean, you, we literally just talked about this, is you had one, but you forgot to say it, yeah. and now it's like it's come true. So it's yeah. like, we are saying all the crazy things right now, <laughs> yeah. because who knows what's gonna happen. And like you said, she knows so many languages because she has so much space in her mind drive, mm-hmm. and so Kaylee also knows at least Mandarin as well. Yeah. They're speaking to each other in Mandarin and they're talking about Isaac. And originally I thought, oh, that must be the final prime name that we needed. But that's not actually clear. No, it's not clear. And why would it be such a big deal if he wasn't mortal? Right. It seems like all of the people have, like, pretty biblical names, like, the, other than Gabriel, like, all the primes seem to have, like, like not, not, not that biblical names aren't regular, but, like, regular names that are, like, you know, like, Josie and Kaylee and Priya and Riker, like, not that I know of, are, aren't, like, biblical names, like, Xavier and Delilah and, because I think Delilah is one as well. I didn't think about that, but yeah, Delilah is. Um, and what else we got? Jade, we've got in um, Cassius. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. I don't know. No, I, I think I see what you're saying. Which Either is way, Isaac I- is a very biblical name yes. as well. And I say biblical um, as an umbrella term, as um, any like sacred text. Oh yeah, because we don't know anything about uh, religion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I went to Catholic school. I could not tell you anything about religion. I went to Sunday school. So I can tell you the story of Noah's Ark or David and Goliath, but that's about it. Yeah, I can basically tell you um, nothing because I hated the nuns who taught me, so I ignored them. Okay. So if Isaac isn't a prime, then that means that we have all the names except for that one other guy, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I think we're looking for one. We're missing the final One man, I'm pretty sure. But I have to take a look at the picture again. Yeah. And I don't know if that's going to be overly important. Um, oh, I don't think so either. I just want to know to have them all, you know? Yeah. I'm sure in the writer's room, they have, like, a whole board of, like, all of the primes and, like, all of their iterations and all of these things. Yeah. Um, we should make one. Okay. Yeah. Just because it's, it's hard to keep track of, like, who's been in what body. Like, on Battlestar, they were just numbered. No. You know? It was, like, Lady in the Red Dress. 
Well, that's number six. You know, that was easy. Lucy Lawless, she was number three. Isaac offered himself in the offering grove. Oh, right. Duh. So, so Josie, what, talked him into doing that, I guess? But she Kaylee needed says, something. Kaylee says that's someone that she cared for. It seems like the primes are so above everything else mm-hmm. that it's like, it doesn't seem like they're allowed to like, I don't really want to use the word mate, but like get with the people who aren't- Form relationships, form really. Form relationships with the people who aren't primes, yeah. you know? So like, other than Josie being like, Murphy's cute, which I have thoughts on. But yeah, interesting. Because she says she ca- she killed someone I cared for. I mean, clearly something happens Ooh. in the- Sorry, they talk about him in the past tense, which I think means he's like dead, dead. Which means yeah, I think he was mortal. Yeah. Um, but something about that offering grove, we keep seeing little sacrificial things sort of scattered throughout and they've been sort of low key so far, like- So far? Okay. They've been sort of low-key so far, like bowls of blood. I'd say low-key as if a bowl of blood is normal. Yeah, when's that coming back? Well, if you look in the promo images for this episode, Josephine is actually standing in front of one in that uh, room that she meets Simone and Russell in. Oh, okay. Yeah, it looks like a little um, shrine. Okay. And there's like little sacrificial things there too. So something big must happen in the Offering Grove. And I'm wondering if it's that in order to placate the planet itself... You basically give dead bodies to the grove? Well, what they do say is that um, Rose is being offered to the trees. Yeah. Or offered? I don't know if offered is the word they or use. Like, I can't remember. Yeah, she's like laid to rest there. Yeah. And basically, from and the what promo we, for next episode? Yeah, Blah. from what we've seen, it's very annihilation. Like, the planet takes the bodies back into the earth, quite literally. Mm-hmm. So... I do wonder if Josie figured out something around here. I know Abby has the answers to my questions, but I can't ask her this. Mm. But somewhere in those books, there has to be some kind of answer to what the hell Josie was doing. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a long ass time until Kaylee is back. Because there are a lot of people ahead of her now. Yeah. A lot of people. Unless they're like, well, see you later, Kaylee, because we're going to engineer more Nightbloods. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think the key to all of this, as, as Clark said, Abby is the Super Bowl. And with Abby's ability, they could bring the Primes back tomorrow. Yeah. So hopefully when they do bring the Primes back, because I feel like that's an inevitability, they will rise up and take over and take down Simone, Russell, and Josephine because they are very much like the most murderous family. I think they are the dark versions of what Clark, Abby, and Jake were, Mm. you know? Um, She says that the dress is hideous. I thought it was nice. Yeah, it. I mean, Eliza looked beautiful in it. I really liked it. But, you know, it really wasn't my color, so. It wasn't black, so. Okay, next scene. Josephine dances and paints while listening to French music. She tells Simone and Russell that Kaylee and her family were fleeing because they were afraid they'd find out Kaylee killed her, which we already talked about. Also, Josephine needs to go undercover as Clark and find out how many Nightbloods Earth crew has. She wants to run Oblation, her breeding program. Try saying Oblation breeding. Try saying... Just try. Oblation breeding? Wait, why can you do it? Oblation breeding. Well, now I can do it. Oblation breeding. She wants to run Oblation, her breeding program, but Russell isn't down with that. She has to pretend to be Clark and she has to start with Abby. So we did talk about that can't be the reason they were leaving because they would have left six years ago. Yeah, what the heck? Um, what's Oblation? I can tell you. Oblation by and for the grace of the primes. Yes. So Oblation is basically like an offering of something. It's, it's sacrifice, basically. That's so all. we've got offering groves. We've got oblation, like, it, it It has to be more than someone willing to offer themselves to be a prime. Because Abby said that it was sick. But, well, no, it has, it has to be more, you know? It has to be some kind of much darker experiment. 
Or is the sacrifice that you're like, I don't know, I, oh, the word oblation doesn't really go with breeding program. You know what I exactly. mean? Exactly. So, like, breeding program makes me think that, like, they're taking the nightbloods and they're like, y'all better reproduce right now so that we can make another nightblood. Yeah. We know that that doesn't work as well just because, like, the genetics are weird. I mean, it could um, And be- also, all the nightbloods in, in um, all back on Earth, they were just, like, random because all the nightbloods kept getting freaking murdered in the conclave you know oh my god i just figured it out just came out randomly like 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 muggleborns i just figured it out right and it's actually really messed up gabriel says that brooke is 22 plus a year in the incubator yeah the incubator 21 plus a year yes the incubator is probably a woman oh the embryos are nightbloods, but they need to be grown somewhere. So they are forcibly implanted in in uh, someone who, I guess, sacrifices herself to carry this child. And carrying the child must kill her at some point. But if it's just um, Gabriel and Russell, like, where did this woman who can carry to term come from? I don't... I mean, a couple people might have gotten away. This is my theory so far, just no, based on, like... they didn't, because we have all the primes. But, like, what else could be... Like, the the incubator thing is what's tripping me up, right? Yes. Like, and I, in... <laughs> in Battlestar Galactica, they did do this. Um, they were harvesting eggs from... Uh, the Cylons were harvesting eggs from women, and that actually ends up happening to Starbuck, and it's, like, a really traumatic thing that they explore. And it just makes me wonder if that's sort of where the show might be going, which... Mm-hmm. I'm concerned about, but I'm hoping, I mean, they do tend to actually do quite well. They did say that they would never have like sexual violence or abuse against women on this show. So I don't know. It's just a theory. I'm hoping that it's wrong. That would be a level of messed up that Abby would not mess with. And she's eaten people. But that makes sense with oblation, which means sacri- like sacrificing something. Exactly. To a higher power. Exactly. Um, She's... Singing along to Aloran Dance, which is by Stromae, and I know one of his other songs because Pentatonix covered it. Um, but it came out in 2010, so uh, I just love hearing music from our time that is actually being played, you know? I think that's very cool. Okay, um, sorry, I need to go back to Oblation for a second because it triggered a memory in me. Um, Oblation is, you know, the sacrifice. Oblation is the surgical removal of body tissue. So fun. So I think those two are related. Okay, yes. So this song is actually really ca- catchy, but it ha- it's dark. Right. Well, first of all, she knows so many languages, which we already talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, but the song lyrics are not actually that happy. Like, it sounds like a happy song, but basically to summarize or paraphrase the, um, the lyrics, it's like, basically the verses are like, life is sad, everything is bad, um, you know, mo- everything's about money, everything, you know, you think... Like, love, 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 but then divorce and then blah, blah, blah. Anyway, it's just sad, sad, sad. Um, So we dance. Like, the song is called So We Dance or Then We Dance. And so it just goes, so we dance, so we dance, so we dance. And the next verse is also like, like, sad, 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 sad. And when you're sad, what do you do? Dance. Dance. Dance, 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 dance. So that's basically what that is. It's just advocating for dance therapy, really. Can Josie paint or is this Clark's talents i think josie can paint okay um because there's so many paintings in there already yeah she's very obsessed with her first face which i get Mm -hmm. but she hasn't really painted her other faces no interesting i wonder why that is they call them hosts not nightbloods which is cool but i thought that was interesting that they call them hosts before they even host anything yep they really do think of them just as like a disposable vessel yeah um did you ask them nicely she's like i don't want to do this can we just ask and they're like, um, I love that Josephine also called Clark a Ferrari. Yeah. Because, yeah, 
Yeah. Consent. Yeah. Consent is key. And then she's like, who cares? Um, Josie sucks. Yeah, she does. I don't like her. But here's the thing is the moral high ground for Russell is they have to consent to this. And I'm like, consent doesn't really mean much when you've brainwashed people into consenting. Like you've made yourself a deity and basically promised these people that if they allow you to freaking wipe their minds and put their own nasty brains in like your brain, they'll like, what, be a sacrifice to the gods? Nuh-uh. That's nasty. The um, words that they use as well, like, for example, I think in this one, or this scene, Russell says, they can't find out that we killed Clark. And then later at the very end of the episode, Josie says, listen, Clark is dead. Yep. But then later we have Priya, Priya. saying, wait, I wrote it down the exact um, quote. She's happy, Jordan. She wants you to know that. Which is present tense, present tense. Two sentences of present tense. I think the thing that no one's telling us is that those minds are still there. They have to be because they, that's not how you kill Clark. Ex- well, yeah. And I mean, obviously, because Clark's a manufactured nightblood. Yeah. Josie's going to have a lot more problems than she thought she did. Yeah. I'm going to pee my pants if I don't go to the bathroom right now. I just thought I'd let you know. I hope that you do. You hope I pee my pants? Yeah. Cool. That'd be fun. You're a really great friend. Do you know the name of the person that Priya was talking to with the hair? Miranda? That's Miranda? I think so. Okay. Well, just because there's, they have a little, little scene. Yeah. Because um, she's taught, because, um, yeah, Priya is saying that Rose would have made a really great Jasmine, which is Miranda's daughter, which is one of the names that we were missed. We yes. Missed. I just wanted to, I forgot her name. Okay. So Priya tells Miranda that Rose would have been a wonderful Jasmine. Jordan still doesn't hand, <clears throat> Jordan still doesn't understand the whole Delilah's dead thing and gives her a daisy, Delilah's favorite flower. Except it's not. Except psych, Delilah's favorite flower is actually a calla lily, which Murphy and Bellamy find hilarious for some reason. This is- <laughs> Josephine Clark enters and correctly identifies her friends, so clearly she must be a pro at being Clark. She immediately blows it by telling Maddie she can go to school, which Gaia is not cool with, so do not tell her to chill out. Also, Josephine doesn't speak trick. Oops. We won't be seeing Raven, Echo, Miller, or Mori this episode because Riker is teaching them how to build a radiation shield. Hooray! Yay! So much to talk about here as well. Um, okay, so Jasmine, we got that name. Love it. Um, um, so love we're a still, we're just missing that one mm-hmm. name. Um, Aladdin. Which, by the way, I'm still thinking is a man from, like, last episode when we were looking at the picture. But I have to take another look at it. Thanks. I think it's so funny that Delilah was like, yes, I totally have time to tell you about my favorite flower, but I guess I don't have time to tell you about how the freaking primes work. Right. My dude, like, did you know, he literally told her his life freaking story On a- and, and everybody else's life freaking story, but she, she didn't get a freaking word in. Okay. To tell, like, what do you think naming day means? She literally told you it was her last day. Jordan, I mean, shout out because he really gets stuff done this episode, but what are you talking about? Like, I, I think Shannon is doing a wonderful job. Yeah. But the Jordan Delilah thing is the one part of this season that is not working for me. Yeah. I'm I'm obviously I'm very intrigued by it and having him wrapped up in the storyline is a great way to do it. But I I liked their little relationship, but a lot about it didn't make sense and a lot of things kind of went unaddressed with it. And now his whole storyline this season is gonna be being obsessed with the person he met for two days, which I guess makes sense because he's never really met other people before. But he feels comfortable being obsessed with Delilah, but also throwing a ton of shade at Bellamy, who he barely knows. He's known Bellamy like three days. Also, like, 
Maddie was like, Octavia is the coolest person in the entire world. And she met Octavia and then she wanted to hang out with Octavia all the time. Mm -hmm. It's like, Jordan, you heard stories upon stories upon stories of all these people. These people are like, I mean, excuse my prime language, but like gods to you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like these are the, the, the biggest people ever. These are like celebrities you're seeing basically. Faces behind the glass that you've been looking at and now you finally get to talk to. And you're just gonna go and obsess over this random girl that you just met instead of talking and spending time with the people who you've always wanted to spend time with and talk to? Like, it's it's very odd. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really, it's really the part of the season that I'm just like, okay, this might be the weak link here. Especially after she fully betrayed him and nobody has offered us another... like, suggestion as to how that makes sense, you know? Yeah, no. Like, last episode, yeah. I was like, if anybody can make sense of this without it being Delilah fully betrayed him, then let me know. And I didn't hear anything. But so she clearly did. She and... has to have. There's no other way. So what the heck? What the big heck? Mm-hmm. I thought it was so cute. <laughs> the Murphy giggles. What? They're making Murphy canon. They're right? they're in their own little Murphy world. I've been waiting six seasons for Murphy, and I'm just so pleased. Like literally, they're like, "Yeah, flowers are funny." Look at each other. Look away. Hee hee hee. Cloud <laughs> shoes squeaking. <laughs> this is you right now. I thought that was. Um, Gaia mentions that she doesn't want Maddie to get a paper cut or like scrape her knee or something. Good point. Very good point. Didn't even Hadn't think about of, that. Yeah, I didn't think about kids that. Kids get injured really easily. They're kids. Riker is showing them stuff. What a kind soul. He's a good one. Yeah. He's probably my favorite prime so far. And I, person-wise. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that when, as opposed to season four, when people were off screen, they were just taking naps. Mm-hmm. Um, when people are off screen here, one, we get an explanation for it, which I would prefer above anything. But two, they're always doing something plot relevant that we'll get to see later. Yeah, we're going to need. Yeah. So like Abby locking herself in um, the library now in this episode has come to fruition in, she's basically figured out a way to save Kane. Yeah. And, you know, when they come up with the radiation shield, great. Well, now that's one problem down in creating their own settlement. Yeah. Like, it just, everything about this season is clicking so well. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, is the other shoe going to drop? What's going on? Yeah. Am I, am I just going to wear the one shoe? I'm okay with that. But of course, Josie doesn't know Trig. Ooh, it's so, so good. good. It's so good. But she's so good with languages. Yeah. That she can mostly guess. Mm-hmm. Which is very, very, very cool. That was, that was one of my favorite things because it was so organically set up. It was just like, yeah, I'm really good at languages, so I can figure this out. Can you imagine, like, just, try, like, talking to people and then, like, the freaking panic that I would feel if I was pretending to be somebody else and then someone started talking to me in some freaking gibberish language that I've never heard of and I know every single language in the entire world? I'd be like, I am panicking. <laughs> this is a problem. Yeah. And then, of course, the use of the phrase chill out. So This good. is the millennial we've been waiting for. These are the millennials we've been waiting for. Stay fro- like, I feel like all of them are, like, low-key, like, cryo jokes. Like, yeah. stay frosty, chill out, be cool. Like, it's just like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, the, I can't say this word. Reliquary. Thank you. Why can't I say it? Girl, I don't know. Reliquary. You, you also couldn't say oblation breeding. Oblation breeding. So say reliquary. Oblation bleeding. Damn it! Reliquary. Reliquary. Okay. So it is a, I don't know why I typed container. Maybe it is a container. For holy relics and bones. Yeah. So. So reliquary. Quite literally for the bones. Mm -hmm. Josephine seemingly telling Bellamy that Clark basically broke Killian. (laughs) Yeah, TMI, Is one of the funniest things the show has ever done. It was so funny. She's like, yeah, he's out of commission. (laughs) Bellamy was like, hey, uh, so I heard you got laid. (laughs) She's like, yeah. Clark was like. Yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah, he died. <laughs> like, I crushed his head. <laughs> like, Bellamy's like, that was more information than I ever needed. 
He's like, I don't go telling you about Echo and I's sex life. Why did you have to share that? <laughs> She's like, yeah, he's messed up. No. He's like, he cannot walk. Okay. Bellamy's like, great. Yeah. Thanks a bunch. Next, this is a tiny little scene, but the next scene is Josephine and Maddie head to school. Maddie wants to know why Clark reconsiders sending her, but Josephine sidesteps that conversation because she is bad at this. Um, the only thing I have to say about this scene is that Maddie tells Clark, I hug you in, which is I love you in Trig. And I think that is um, the cutest thing that I have ever heard. Thank you. My girl just wants to go to school. She just wants to do some learning. She just wants to be like a regular kid. She's like, Jordan got to read every single encyclopedia in the entire world. I ain't even read one encyclopedia. Not even one. I want to know things. Like at least the V's. Go learn about volcanoes. Yeah. You know what? She should read the T's. Time. Travel. Trash. Temporal. Oh, she's already met Murphy. Never mind. Turtles? Sure. Love to learn about turtles. Turtles. I like Maddie's the I like turtles kid. So back inside, Gaia is super suspicious of the weird stuff Josephine is doing because Gaia has good instincts. Jordan asks BA what happened to Delilah and her spiritual answer doesn't impress him. Gaia tells him to respect their way of doing things though. Jordan reads Bellamy to filth by telling him that he doesn't have to protect them all because he couldn't protect Octavia. I can't begin to tell you how much I hate that line. I thought that was so funny because it's like, what people have been saying on like reviews and like podcasts. That's it's why I fan hate service. It. It's fan service. Yeah. And that's my that was my favorite Bellamy. It like it makes sense because he was told stories of Bellamy and he's like, oh man, season four. I don't, what, what was it? Like season four Bellamy was my favorite. Yeah, like this this is why I hate this though. It's because it's so on the nose. Yeah. And I'm like, I get it. Like it's kind of like a wink. Like we hear you guys. Mm-hmm. Like the same way that um, Shaw saying Raven basically saying Raven deserves better. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, but. Especially with this one where he was like, because you couldn't protect Octavia. And I'm like, the line, I'm not Octavia, would have, I think, been more uh, poetic. Yeah. But even then, I'm like, okay, I get the joke. But just, is is Jordan just going to be the audience the whole season? I mean. I get. Yeah. You know what? It does make sense. Because um, as a member of the audience who is gay, I do understand getting obsessed with a girl very quickly. I mean, we're all fans of actresses that we've, you know, gone through their entire filmographies really quickly. Don't worry about it. Suddenly I understand Jordan. Okay. I just, I'm sad for Delilah's mom. Like, she's chill yeah. about it and she understands, you know? Like I don't think like, she knows that she's supposed to be sad. Yeah. Oh, I don't think, it's an honor, right? Yeah. But I'm still sad for her. Yeah. I feel like the part of her that maybe does mourn her daughter is um hidden away. But it, it is a heartbreaking thing to, like, have her right there and she has no clue who you are. It's like in Deathly Hallows when... Snape says, like, Dumbledore, you were raising Harry like a pig for slaughter. 100%. Except everyone knows already. Mm-hmm. And they're all fine with it. And everybody's fine with it. It's kind of strange. But it's I love- like if McGonagall had been like, oh, yeah, it's cool if you want to um, sacrifice that kid one day. And they were like, Harry, is it okay if we sacrifice you? And he's like, yeah, chill. Like, um, literally, if McGonagall and Mrs. Weasley had at any say, that kid would have been spoiled rotten. Yeah. Dursley's who? Never heard of him. Um, I love the detail that Gaia is respecting their faith because Gaia would, of course. And I wanted to give a shout out because Tati, like I said during the episode while we were watching it, Tati is so great this episode. She's so good. I thought she was so good. She's just, she's such a good actress. I love that the show is using her so much. Yeah. Like, I, I stand it. I love it. I want more of it. I'm so happy that they were able to work out a schedule with chaos so that she Mm -hmm. could be on both because she's so good in this show. Just on a surface level, I really appreciate that she's like, aesthetically, maybe I'm half cold, half hot. So I'm just gonna have like the one sleeve. Yeah. You know, 
She's like, I'm going to have the one sleep, but if I'm cold, I'll put my jacket. Yeah, every year her hair is different, too. It's cool. It is cool. She's like, I found bleach in cryo. <laughs> I'm like, all right. All right. Um, oh, my next note is just Jordan is totally baby. Jordan is baby. He is baby. Yeah. And he is being baby. Yeah. He's so very much like everyone's nephew. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He's like, Uncle Bellamy, you suck. And that's literally He's like, it. no Christmas presents for you. Exactly. But like, don't Bellamy, make me turn this car around. Bellamy's the kind of dad who would get him the present. Yeah. Clark is the parent who is like, uh, no. And Guy is like, um, I'm here to boss you around. All right. Next scene. Mm-hmm. Abby and Jackson argue over a solution to save Kane. Jackson tells Josephine Clark that Abby hasn't slept in two days and he's worried she'll relapse. Abby doesn't want drugs, though. She just wants Kane. Josephine presents Abby with her own research about Nightblood, but Abby says it's crap. What a legend. Abby catches Josephine writing with her right hand because she didn't do her research. She distracts Abby by basically handing her away to solve part of the Kane problem. So much to say. Would you like to learn about Gregor Mendel? Oh my god, I would, um... I would like other people to learn about Gregor Mendel because apparently we did the same research. Well, of course we did. Yeah. So one of the books is called Sanctum and Mendel, Recessive Traits in Later Generation Studies. And Josie wrote it herself. She sure did. Gregor Johann Mendel was a scientist, Augustinian friar, and abbot of St. Thomas's Abbey. Mendel gained posthumous recognition as the founder of the modern science of genetics. Though farmers had known for millennia that crossbreeding of animals and plants could favor certain desirable traits, Mendel's pea plant experience... Mendel's pea plant experiments conducted between 1856 and 1863 established many of the rules of heredity now referred to as the laws of mendelian inheritance so he's a big deal so like josie saw research of like uh, a man who just experimented with plants and went mm, people do it, do it to people yep cool um but abby says of course this is just about nightbloods so that literally doesn't help me because kane like, what, was Josie just like, oh, yeah, this can help. And then, I mean, now she knows Kane is not a Nightblood. Yeah, she. well, I think my favorite thing is, like, she underestimated what Abby knows. Mm-hmm. So she was like, um, well, this book will help. And Abby's like, I already know everything in that book. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? And then she hands her oblation by and for the grace of the primes, which, like, a prime wrote herself. So I'm like. You're like, oh, okay, so you're really deifying okay. yourself. Huh? <laughs> um, you know what this reminds me of? What? So. No spoilers on who the Gargoyle King is. Oh, God! This reminds me of the person who ended up being the Gargoyle King. Jughead was like, why are you doing this? And the person who became the Gargoyle (laughs) King was like, who doesn't want blood sacrifices made in their name? And Jughead just goes, and I quote, wow. Okay. Like, I feel like me? I don't know. And that's how I feel about that moment. Absolutely. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Um, But Abby says it's just propaganda, basically, which fully it is yeah she says it's um a eugenics project Mm -hmm. which obviously means that i mean that again ties back to like the embryos the incubator like that whole theory of josephine was breeding something yeah and it was bad she calls her a monster and of course josephine's like i'm a visionary (laughs) it's like um if if a woman who almost tried to like put a mori in a radiation chamber encouraged people to eat each other and basically became a drug addict, calls you a monster. You're a monster, dude. Yeah. I know that Bellamy is the first person to confront Josephine, but I think it's really, really important that it's Abby who first notices something wrong. I think that's really cool. And I think even though Abby hasn't spent as much time with Clark as a lot of people have recently, because Mm -hmm. of course she was up in space and then like Abby was at Polis and then, you know, she was under the ground for six years or whatever, but she knows her daughter, Mm -hmm. you know, you wouldn't forget 
that your daughter was left-handed, yeah. you know? Would you believe that some people think that this is Abby being a bad mom? What do you mean? Oh, well, apparently because Abby didn't figure it out and Bellamy did, Abby's a bad parent. Abby did figure it out. Yeah, and then literally she took the bait that was handed to her, just like, you know, everyone else did earlier in the episode when Josephine just kept throwing out things and kind of making it obvious that she was kind of down for eugenics and everyone was like, okay, that's weird, but whatever. But Abby's the one who didn't notice in time, and so she's a bad parent. Yeah, people have to Not really sure reach where that came from. Because um, here's the thing, is that, like, Bellamy was there for all of her being like, what? They're not murderers? Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Bellamy was there for all of this, all of this, all of this, all of this, all of this evidence, and then was able to be like, also, I'm doing this final test mm-hmm. to figure it out, right? But Abby was in a scene with her for one scene, had literally one, mm-hmm. one piece of evidence, yep. slash found that... Clark knew way more about the books that Abby literally spent lots of time reading. Yeah. Um, which was kind of weird, but it's not like she had like enough evidence to be like, hey, are you a new person now? Yeah. You know? And then Clark would have been like, if it had been Clark, she would have been like, mom, what? No. Yeah. You know? And then, and then Clark would have been like, cool mom. And then she'd be mad at her. So. Or just accuse her of being on drugs again. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. So. And I would like to point out Abby hasn't slept in two days and was still like, hey, you're being weird. Yeah. Um. Abby's got other things to worry about. Abby's, yeah. Um. Abby's a little busy. Yeah. So, but t- according to many of the comments on Twitter um, and Tumblr and everywhere, um, Abby's a bad person who should die. I'm sorry, but the people who dislike Abby, I just don't get it. I don't get it. I don't understand disliking any character on this show that isn't inherently a villain. One thing that we try to do on our podcasts, like, specifically, is to treat every character with respect. Not you, Archie. Not you, Archie. (laughs) Although we like Archie now, which is weird. We never expected to like Archie. Yeah. (laughs) I literally was like, I'm saying things. And you were like, let me bring up Riverdale. And I was like, let me talk about Riverdale. (laughs) Stupid. Um, But... One of the things that we try our best, like, for example, we have literally gotten, like, I don't know, I guess the word praise is the right word, like, for our last podcast, that there is a universally- Balanced coverage. Yeah, balanced coverage. There's a a character that a lot of people dislike, a lot of people do like, and we always, even if we, I mean, personally, we do like her, Mm -hmm. but if we didn't like her, we would always treat her with respect Mm -hmm. and still try to figure out her motivations and stuff. Yeah, because I think that's the most- thoughtful way that you could go about balanced criticism Mm. is to look at each character in their own unique circumstance, figure out their motivations and see, okay, where on this like sliding scale of likability do they fall? And especially on this show at any given time, no one is overly likable. Yeah. And then they're all entirely lovable and people love their favorite characters for different reasons. So for us, because we want to treat everyone with respect and all the characters with respect, that's not how we're going to roll. Yeah. So like if, anyone's ever like oh i want to listen to a podcast to hear people just go in on echo that this is not the place for that yeah if if somebody dislikes echo and they're looking for us to be to be mean to echo it's not gonna there are just as many people listening to this who really like echo Mm -hmm. and personally like one of the things that i have a problem with some other fan podcasts not for this show but for other shows oh yeah for sure like yeah uh i have a hard time listening to them just because a lot of it is very negative mm-hmm. um and if i like a character i don't want to spend a bunch of time listening to somebody else talk about how much they don't like them or or don't like something mm-hmm. that i like you know that would make me feel bad so we try and be as positive as we possibly can this uh season i have said that um 
especially like earlier episodes, I said, I don't really like Octavia right now. I don't really like her. She's annoying me. But this episode, but but every episode I've still tried to be like, what is she up to? What yeah, is she thinking? And we debate each other about it too. Yeah. Because like at any given time, either of us like someone different or a little bit more. Yeah. So, and also I thought this episode, she was great. And I'm not out here being like, just because I didn't like Octavia two episodes ago means that I am going to find a reason to not like Octavia this episode. Exactly. You know, I recognize that she was really good this, this episode. She's very interesting. Save your baby. I thought that was awesome. Yeah. You know, Octavia's making her way back up in my books, you know? Yeah. So like, and that's what I think is really great is like, some people are like, I hate Abby. She's always on her high horse, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, that's part of who she is as a character. When she started the show, she was on a high horse. That was the point of her, is that she was supposed to be the foil to Kane's ruthlessness. She was the dove to his hawk. And as the show has progressed, she has fallen farther from that pedestal that she put herself on and is now at rock bottom. But if if you keep holding her responsible for what she was and not looking at the journey of where she's gone to, then what kind of thoughtful criticism are you contributing? Because you're willfully misinterpreting something in order to hate her. And that's your prerogative, but I'm not interested in hearing or reading about it or contributing to that conversation. I would rather contribute to a conversation where we have thoughtful discussions about each character. Yeah. So especially with people who are the most hated characters, which I would call Echo and Abby. Let's not ignore the fact that those are both women as well. I will be here all day to stand them more than people hate them. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess TLDR. Um, we like everyone. Be positive. And if you don't want to be positive, that's okay. But that's not for us. Yeah. We are going to be positive. Okay. So speaking of being positive, <laughs> tell me more thoughts. So the, I believe it, uh, yeah, Lan Hootie Ropalacera. Yes, you did some research on this. Yes. So um, Ropalacera, I thought I was like, ooh, that's a crazy word. I've never heard that before. It's literally just the scientific term for butterfly. Yeah. For some reason, I like, what else does everybody call butterflies? I call them flutterbys. I don't think that's what you're looking for there. No, it's like, it's like a scientific-ish name. I think I'm, I think I'm thinking of like, the class of insects that like become one thing and then cocoon and then become another thing. Metamorphosis type things. Anyway, I think I was also thinking of Lepidoptera, but you just randomly were thinking of that. Yeah. Like that's the word of all of these words that I recognize. Who even are you, you nerd? I'm so impressed with you. <laughs> Little bug girl. But apparently like Lepidoptera is the higher classification. Ropolis, Ropolocera is the scientific name. So basically, ah. it means butterfly. And then Lan Hootie, Hootie, I think is that it's how she pronounced it. And the blowfish. Um, Hootie is, a um, his name is Darius Rucker, and he's a country music artist now. Why do you know that? I listened to country music when I was younger. Oh my god. Okay, anyway. And every time we would listen to it, my mom would be, my dad would be like, was this Hootie and the Blowfish? And mom would be like, yes. And he asked every single time we heard one of his songs. So if that's how I remember. Did he forget or did he just want to be annoying? Oh no, he forgot. Yeah, when my yeah. mom listens to this, she's going to show him and he's going to be like, no, I didn't. I would love it. But it's true. Yeah. Um, I really just understand your dad. So Hootie, which H-U-D-I-E, mm -hmm. um, is Chinese for butterfly. And then Lan is Chinese for orchid or flower or something like that. Mm -hmm. So basically it means like flower butterfly butterfly. So it's a little... Oh my god. It's a little redundant, but um, that's it's what like, it means. It's like, literally, it's like not uh, nan bread. Yeah. Yeah. Bread bread. You're like, that's just bread bread. Yeah. 
Cool. So that's what that means. We are going to talk about some opening credits things later, but this bug is in the opening credits. So it's more important than we thought it was going to be. You know, I actually forgot to bring up something. Okay. In the first scene where Josephine goes in and is just like, hello, these are definitely people that I know. You know which mm-hmm. scene I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Um, she says that she played one of the characters in Godot. And I want to talk about Waiting for Godot for a real quick second. Okay. So Waiting for Godot is a play. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I love when I don't have to look something up on Wikipedia. I just know things. <laughs> I um, love an educated fish. So Waiting for Godot is a play, a short play. And basically what happens in it is there are two dudes who are like waiting at like some sort of heckin' bus stop type thing. And they're like, hey sitting here just waiting for Godot to show up and they're like, yep, yep, also me, just waiting for Godot, you know? Okay. Like, Godot, not showing up. Um, and the play ends and Godot never comes. Oh my god! So, now I'm like, I don't, as of right now, I do not know if and or how that will be brought back. Okay. Or if that is foreshadowing in any way. I just want to point it out. Why do you think it would be foreshadowing? Um, like, I know that we had this theory, I just made this up right now Mm -hmm. um but like i know that we have this theory that xavier is maybe gabriel yeah but it'd be interesting because godot is this character that we are waiting for waiting for waiting for (gasps) what if gabriel just doesn't show up you know that's kind of fantastic too i love that um yeah so waiting for godot is a play by samuel beckett i just wanted to figure out what year it came out 1953 there are two characters called vladimir and estragon and then are waiting for godot and she says that she played vladimir i believe okay so let me just check to see what vladimir's deal is if there's a difference or whatever i love that this implies that josie was maybe in drag right oh they have to be wearing bowler hats very key. Said that Beckett heard their voices but couldn't describe their characters. The only thing I'm sure of is that they're wearing bowler hats, he said. All right, fair enough. Gotcha. Vladimir looks at the sky and muses on religious or philosophical matters. Estragon belongs to the stone, preoccupied with mundane things. Like what he what he can get to eat and how to ease his physical aches and pains. Okay. He is direct and intuitive. Um, when Vladimir asks, do you remember the Gospels? Mm-hmm. Estragon tells Vladimir about the colored maps of the Holy Land and that he planned to honeymoon by the Dead Sea. Anyway, the word gospel. Anyway, right now it seems like Vladimir is the one who's like more like, what is the meaning of the world? And Estragon is like, uh, who cares? What's for dinner? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's um, interesting. I don't know what, like I said, I don't know if that comes back or how, but just something to point out. Okay. Yeah, let's talk about two nice boys named Murphy. Bellamy wants to go adventuring, but Murphy is an introvert and wants to stay inside, dude. Apparently, Sanctum is built on top of cave systems so they can hide from the eclipse, so Bellamy thinks that they should find their own and build their own settlement. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. Everyone is headed to the offering grounds for Rose's funeral, which means Murphy and me are free to go on an adventure to find Jordan. Couples outing! Alright, I'm gonna tell you right now, we are about to talk about maps. I am excited. Okay. So as I mentioned before, this map overlays with part of the map that you can see under Henry and Cusick's name in the credits. So the big things that you can see is this anomaly stone and the anomaly camp. I don't know what that means. Last time stones were involved, one of my favorite characters died. Uh, so, you know, that was an, in- that was, uh, an endgame joke. The- an area near water is labeled possibly habitable under Shannon Cook's name. And there's the gel pools, which we talked about, of course. The... Stuff that is wiped out by under Richard's name. And then on this map, there seems to be some discrepancies between the map that we're given in the credits and the map that Bellamy has. Most notably that those little outposts are missing as well as Jasmine's tea garden. So that means something now. Yes, it does. So we're getting we're getting places that, that are named after people, mm-hmm. you know, like Rikers. Rikers Keep, the Lightborn Observatory, Keep. Jasmine's Tea Garden. 
see that didn't mean anything to me and now now that and when then when I got to see the subtitles yeah and actually see what Miranda's daughter's name is now it means something and there's also hmm. like um there's really cool things like I think there was something by a leak that was called by a leak by a lake that was called the silica reefs mm. so there's some kind of like silica thing there's also on the map a huge area that's labeled temporal anomaly and then there's the cog borders which isn't uh, like under henry and cusick's name on that map on that map that's all just labeled um sort of like the temporal zone so do the cogs live in the temporal zone maybe and they just have to be careful yeah which makes me wonder if the cogs actually do exist outside of like the normal time period and maybe they cross over, which is why they use the gel from the gel pools. Right. The thing that I have a lot of questions about is the Lifeborne Observatory, because what do they need an observatory for? And those little outposts that mm-hmm. are around that are not the same as the heckin... The radiation yeah. shield. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what do you think? About the map? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jasmine's Tea Garden sounds like a Disneyland attraction it sure does we should go there okay you want to go in september yeah from september 16th to 24th yeah sounds good okay okay cool um i don't have any other thoughts on this um we basically covered a lot of like the map analysis earlier yeah um i wrote down that rose is being offered to the woods so offered was Mm -hmm. the word that they actually used um murphy talks about how he doesn't want to be a pioneer and i just wanted to read out the definition of pioneer okay so the definition of pioneer is a person who is among the first to explore or settle a new country or area. Mm-hmm. And now that Murphy finally gets a choice of whether or not he wants to be a pioneer, because Jaha sent them all down and they were sent to be pioneers um, completely not under their consent. Yes. And Murphy is like, I've never wanted to be a pioneer. If I wanted to be a pioneer, I could, because I am what? Sickening. Sickening. But he doesn't want to be a pioneer. Um, because he just wants to chill. And, God, he's relatable. So yeah. He's like, um, can I stay at home? Yeah. I'd rather just eat snacks and stuff. Yeah. I get it. hmm So there's this little scene with Josephine. She sees Murphy heading for the castle and decides to head after them because she thinks Murphy is cute. That's literally what happens. That's the whole scene. God, I get it. <laughs> it's such a CW moment where it's yeah. like, hey, we need to distract our protagonist because she can't get to her mom yet. Mm-hmm. Um, she thinks Murphy's cute. Same. It's like, she's like, she sees Bellamy and Murphy and she's like, Murphy. I want the spindly one. (laughs) I want the meaner one. Yeah. I want the one that looks like he doesn't want to be here. I want, I want, I want the one that wasn't nice to me earlier. Yeah. (laughs) That's so funny. Like, it's so funny that they were like, here are all of your friends. Okay. And she's like, cool. And then she fully just didn't, like, they just didn't know about her relationships with any of them I guess other than Maddie I guess yep but like to be honest I genuinely thought that um like you know people have been really upset about the fact that um there has been like no Bellark. like they feel like they are being they have been promised Bellark and they haven't gotten Bellark. you so know weird because they hugged like an episode ago um but I really for a quick sec I thought that Josephine was gonna like try and get with Bellamy, and it, then that's, like, the Bellark that they were going to offer us. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's not even Clark. Yikes. People are going to be upset. Yeah. Um, but it uh, doesn't seem like they're doing that, which uh, 
it's like good because that would be messed up, but also mm-hmm. like bad because then there there isn't even any Balark. I don't know how to feel about it. Anyway, I thought they were going to do that, and they're not doing that. Instead, they went for what's the ship name we came up with for Josephine and Murphy? Um, Joseph. Well, Josephine. I Murf- I wanted it to be Jerfy. Murphafine. Murphafine. We decided it wasn't- sounds so much better for no. those trash idiots, yeah. though. But we're not going to cho- do um, Murphine because that sounds too much like morphine, so that's weird. I think that's perfect. So it's going to be Murphafine that <laughs> we just made up. But I think it's jerk. It's not going to happen. No. Oh my god. No, because Murphy's in a relationship. I just think it's funny. I, I mean, yeah, like Murphy and Amori, like, broke up for a while. And then, like, at the very end of season five, they, like, kind of got back together but they were they were like giggling around in in 601 but but i don't know if they're like together for sure or whatever because season five happened like four days ago you know so like um i don't know but we haven't seen him a lot with imori Mm -hmm. she you know stabbed him he's having a hard time i think but I still don't think that, like, I don't know, if I was Amori and I'd be like, yeah, on again, off again with this dude, but we're on again, come back, and he's, like, macking on frickin' Clark? And everyone's like, what? I'd be like, excuse me, Like, I don't want that because- And Clark would be like, I know French! Yeah, like, literally, it's like, Clark can't consent to that. Yeah. But the idea of Clark just screaming at Josephine inside her own head being like, no, not that one! <laughs> no, anybody else! God! Literally, literally anyone but that one! Yeah. But because she doesn't understand Trig, it's, like, clear that she's not getting, like, anything from Clark. You know, yeah. if Clark is still in there, which, like, we assume that she is because they're, like, they're not gonna kill I, Clark. No. Um, no. so, but, but she's not getting really anything from her. Like, that's another reason Yet. why, like, right. That's another reason why it's, like, the painting must be what Josephine's good at, because I assume she's using her right hand. Yeah. You know? And oh, that's a good point. Clark can't paint with her right hand. I assume. Yep. So. Alright, next scene, which is a big one. This is the big one. Well, the next couple are big ones. Murphy me find that Jordan pulled a Monty and just fried the number pad into the palace. I get it. They find a room full of prime skeletons. Jordan sasses Bellamy. Gaia joins the party, and so does Josephine. Gaia figures out that everyone there was a commander, but not really. Josephine wants to bail, but Jordan finds a super secret room, and that sounds way more fun to the gang. Bellamy figures out that they can't all be commanders because the tech is too old for that. Jordan uses a universal Allegis access code and finds the footage of Josephine's first resurrection. Hmm. So before we go into, like, the flashbacks and stuff, we'll just talk about, like, this little scene... Um, heart, my note here is heart over head. Okay, Jordan, you weren't there. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, this is where the My Favorite Bellamy quote happened, actually. Yeah. Sorry. But, um, yeah, you super weren't there. And, yeah. So I don't know if you can talk about that. Like, I get it. I feel like I have authority over talking yeah. about stories, but not to the person. I also feel like I much prefer this Bellamy. I think Bellamy could stand to be a little bit more reckless. I think he's gone too far in like mm. the, the head direction. Mm-hmm. But this Bellamy who is balanced, making healthy choices in a good relationship, trying to like really just be the good guy that he is. I'm like, Jordan, why do you want him to be not that guy? Mm-hmm. Don't do that. Yeah. I don't know. This is a Bellamy that wants peace. Yeah, exactly. He just doesn't feel like they can get it there. And Yeah, and he's, you know, he's sort of in my mind, Bellamy's sort of, like, getting the lay of the land, like, figuring out what everything's about, and then, of course, 
they find out, oh, okay, so everything is bad here. Yeah. So. How do they insert the flames in this point? Like, uh, like cause I don't think we've seen it yet. No, we haven't. It's is clear it that it's a Shende not- Superius? No. Because it doesn't seem like it is. No, I think it's more this is, primitive than this that. This is earlier technology, right? Yeah, that's what Bellamy said, is, like, it can't be, they can't be commanders because this was invented before Becca invented the flame. Right. And, like, the thing that to keep in mind during all of this is that this is all information that Josie is absorbing. Right. Which I'm stressed about. Yeah. Um, but the whole thing with the skull imprint is is the craziest part. It's clear that it, like, goes in there and then it, like, fuses to your skull. And yeah. then to get it out, you have to, like, rip the thing off of the skull, I guess? I guess. Like, it must fuse to your brainstem. I'm a little worried about when I think they'll inevitably take Josie out of Clark, how Clark is going to still be alive after that, you know? I bet you that- Unless Josie, like, goes to the background and, just like the flame with Maddie, is, like, just has Josie in the back of her mind, and Clark just ends up getting superiority over her at some point? I think that it's more that they might have done the commander thing for an aesthetic reason- and it's not really fused to the back of their brain right. stem, but they were like, hey, this will look cool and that's a good way to get Gaia to, like, recognize something. But it's probably that you can just pretty easily remove it. I don't Abby will figure it out. And then at the end of, like, once they are dead and everything, then I wonder if maybe they just have, like, a branding, like, stamp and they're like, Sturm. That's possible. You're a that's prime. That's totally possible. Um, my next note was, yo, someone died of head trauma, but. Yeah, they sure did. I talked about that earlier. Yeah, they sure did. Um, Jordan, Jordan notices the scratches on the ground. We love a hardy boy. I mean, what else did he have to do except kind of snoop around and investigate stuff? Yeah. He would have been so bored. I'm like, I guess I told, I think I would put that together too if you saw it on the ground and you're like, well, this is a wall. Exactly. So what? So I just appreciated that. But my, my last note about this scene was just, why didn't they clean up? Yeah, you'd think that they wouldn't be so sloppy, but I don't think they would expect people to break into a holy place either. True. But like then next time you got to do it, you're like, cool, thanks for past us for not cleaning up now i have to clean up myself they, they gotta send maintenance in man mm, gotcha so i want to go over the database file names because they make yes. absolutely no damn sense yes i took so freaking many pictures so many pictures oh i just wrote them all down oh but then you also like each one has like a date yeah that's the i took that's i took so many pictures okay um but one of the things that i thought was actually the funniest about this was that he locked in as himself yeah, he was just like, hey. It says Jordan on the top. Like, he logged in as himself. Like, oh, um, oh yeah, but Bellamy did tell him to wipe the computer later. So he fine. did, but also it's like, should, does everybody just get access to that if they log in? I mean, they said it was a universal code. Yeah. Well. And Josie was like, well, that's a problem. <laughs> okay, you want to talk about the admin SE-12 video files? Yeah, okay, so here's some of the names. Ooh, SE-12. 12? SE? SE? I'd say system something, right? Something Allegis? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. Okay. Somewhere in there. Someone tell me. Okay. Admin, SE-12. What do it mean? So, here's the names. Yes. Socket 5. Mm-hmm. Creek 1, Bear Ridge, Castle, Carmel, Willowbrook, Command Rod, Rapid, Black Summer, Dixon Diamond, Sully. Black, comma, Summer. Oh, sorry. Black, comma, Summer, Dixon <laughs> Diamond, Sully, Legacy, Monko, Siege, Rogue, Highway Red, Command One, Rainbow, Greyhound, Eureka! With two exclamation marks. Mon P and Hector. Yeah. I don't, I have no idea what that means. Especially it's like Eureka means like, 
I have labeled this as something that's relevant, but like none of these are relevant. So like what? So each one of the things has a has a link number. So like socket five is already the 19th link. Yeah. Um, and then Eureka is, says link 12. So it seems like they actually went up. Yeah. The order is odd. Yeah. So, but either way, socket five, it, the date is 034.55. Okay. Is that earlier or later than Eureka? Earlier? Eureka was date 012.68. So I don't really understand. is probably month three. Nope. Because it's year 25. Yeah. And this one says year 68. Like, that doesn't make... I, I don't understand what the dates mean. Those might not mean anything. Because Socket 5, Link 19, 34.55. Creek 1 is Link 20, literally the next one. And the date is 40.20. Like, that's... Like, I... He didn't vlog for a while. But Bear Ridge is the exact same day. Oh. And then 26.35. Then 06.18... 1527, 2120, 1268. Like, I, 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 it doesn't seem like we can really glean anything from that. I wonder if there's start dates. Um, I just want to point out, so Monpi, mm-hmm. I decided was an anagram, so I unscrambled it and it came out, I don't know how to say this word, eponym, eponym, E-P-O-N-Y-M. A person who, after whom a discovery, invention, place is named or thought to be named. Hey. And I was like, hey, maybe that means something, maybe it's just a coincidence. Either way. We love doing random things that might not have anything to do with anything. Also, Munko is Japanese for, uh, basically vagina, so. Cool. Who knows? I, I want to know how these, like, were named and why. Yeah. It's like someone wanted to hide their porn, so they just picked random names Mm -hmm. to hide the files. That's Mm -hmm. what it feels like to me. Yeah. All right, are you ready for the flashback? I guess so, yeah. There's not much to glean about this. Okay. So the flashback is all telling one story, but it's told in two different ways. So I'm just going to tell it as if it's the whole story. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Gabriel tells us that his next night blood subject is Brooke, who is the 47th embryo from Earth. She is 21 Earth years, 22 with the incubator. What does that mean? Russell tells Gabriel that they've spent 25 years doing metempsychosis trials. They bring Brooke's brain activity to zero and introduce the, the flame or the mind drive. Josephine wakes up. She's scared of Russell, but she's not as afraid of Gabriel. She asks if it's real this time. He tells her it's real, and he spent 25 years trying to bring her back. They reverse engineered their memory drives to upload their entire minds, which impresses Josie a lot. Gabriel says the key to everything was a mature mind and that they'd need more tests, but Eureka. So... What does it mean? Is it real this time? Yeah, that's a good question. I think my theory is that they've tried this a couple times and Josie has presented for a minute and then sunk back again mm. when it fi- inevitably failed. Right. Like, she's like, cool, I love being five. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, you, they call her Earth Embryo number 47. Mm-hmm. What really messes me up is that they freaking gave her a name. Yeah, they let her... Like, if they, if she's just a freaking test subject... It's the same thing as Delilah. Then, yeah, like, but but you gave her a name, you know? And it seems like, like, she's so, um, sunken. Her face is so sunken. Yeah. And pale. I wonder if she was ever actually given a life or if she was and a, a subject the whole time. If she's, like, 22, then that means they, like, got all the embryos going, like, and, and they took 25 years to do this. Mm-hmm. Then that means that, like, they, they started, like... It took them, like, four years to, like, get Brooke in there, and then they were like, let's go, you know? Very sad. 
Do we think that they were raising a community at the same time, or do you think they were harvesting just people and just growing them? I don't know, and I'm I'm excited. I just I want to know more about. I love these like little flashbacks we're getting because I they're very interesting. Yeah, for sure. Metempsychosis is a philosophical term in Greek referring to transmigration of the soul, especially its reincarnation after death. Yeah. So they're very much working on... Of the same or different species. Yeah, yeah, it's, like, very much, like, metaphysical, like, levels that they're on. But I guess, like, if they put all of the embryos in at the same time, and then, like, every year or something, they try it again, you know, it's, like, is... They've killed 46 yeah. before that. Yeah, is five old enough? Is six old enough? Is seven old enough? Is eight old enough? And my thing is, why are you putting a grown-ass woman in a child's body in the first place? Yeah, and That's it's clear, like, as soon as you do that, then they die, right? Yeah, apparently. So, like, there's just sort of a... Well, like, do they die trying to get the flame back out, you know? Yeah. Yeah, probably. Mm -hmm. And then they're just off to the offering grove, I guess. Yeah. But they said that full consciousness is crucial, so therefore paralyzed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my next question was, was this girl raised for this? Which I think, yes. I think Josie's breeding program probably had something to do with it. If I was Josie, I'd be like, whoa, you really liked me, huh? 25 years, huh? Yeah, what's up with that? Like, yeah. A lot of people find that to be, like, romantic, and I'm like, is it? Because he killed a bunch of people. Yeah. I mean, of course, like, this is the 100. Everyone's killed a bunch of people. So it's like... Josie's so weird and selfish, too, that she'd be like, cool, as long as I'm alive, whatever. That's what I think is so fascinating about Josie is, like, the first thing isn't the horror of what they've done. It's, mm-hmm. holy crap, you got it to work. Yeah. So clearly they were working on some kind of breeding program in the first place i think it was probably for more altruistic reasons Mm -hmm. and then got really twisted but josie was weirdly really down with all of this hey hey 236 is that the year 236 minus 25 Mm -hmm. 211 Mm -hmm. divided by seven which is the amount of reincarnations that we've been given Mm -hmm. that's even less that's only 30 years so each prime is not living very long they're not living very long i mean they're and with the amount of time that they have to wait as well, that brings it even farther down. So, like, because the you have fact, to get to 21. The fact that Russell even, like, uh, he's not old, old, but, like, he's older than 21, like, quite significantly older than 21. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably, like, pretty, like, a lot older than they usually live to. I mean, from what we've seen, Josie and Kaylee were pretty used to murdering each other. Yeah. So, I, I'm betting that, you know, obviously... Well, there well, are that, no stakes yeah, to not, that for them. Yeah, not obviously, but I think because these people have no regard for life, they've taken on a more psychopathic approach to it. So, like, Josie casually murdering Kaylee is like, okay, put her... And she even says to them, put her on ice for a couple decades. She needs to... Like, they they need to... And obviously they don't, and that's, like, the point. But mm-hmm. I just, like, it makes me so sad that they don't respect the people who sacrificed their lives oh, so yeah, that they, don't they care about could them at all. continue living. It, it's horrible. They don't. They do not care about these people. Yeah. And I think that's, like, it's why Gaia is so horrified, I think. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I mean, we'll get to that. But, yeah, it's just really interesting the way that they have just found a complete lack of regard for life. Yeah. But yet are so obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. And if they just lived out their normal lives, they would live quite a while. So... They have good lives there. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. The line when she says, you look like grandpa, is like, oh. That was so cute, though. It was sweet for them. Yeah. But, then, but like, it's all tinged it's so with, with 
horror. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's all really wonderfully done. Yeah. Oh, for sure. You know, like there's a lot of we, horror hey, here. We shooted this episode. Oh, absolutely. It's it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, it's just like the world building is so good, and the character building is so good because you're like, oh, these people are doing disgusting things, but they're doing it for reasons that I understand. Mm-hmm. I mean, Josephine even says like familial love is one of the most powerful things in the world, yeah. and she's absolutely right. Mm-hmm. But they also use it to justify a lot of bad things. Yeah. So the crew are all horrified. Gaia starts talking about how awful it is, but Murphy points out that grounders let kids fight to the death to become commander, so pot kettle. Yeah. Bellamy wants to know why Clark isn't more concerned. What a great question, dude! Gaia accidentally reveals to Josephine that Maddie is a nightblood. Jackpot. Bellamy apologizes to Jordan for doubting him. Murphy agrees with Josephine and thinks they should keep out of Sanctum's affairs. He's low-key into living forever, but Bellamy is not. This is such a great look at who each of these characters are and yeah. how they react to this. Mm-hmm. Bellamy's like, okay, this is bad. We need a plan. Gaia is just horrified, not understanding her own hypocrisy. And Murphy's like, mm, I could be into that. Mm. Yeah. And Josephine's like, it's not murder if they go willingly. And they're like, sorry, who are you? Yeah. Bellamy's like, um, you're in a cult? Like later he's like, how are we on opposite sides of this? That I love that moment. Yeah. Where it's like, he knows Clark so well and he knows Clark's morals how could he, how could she be down with people losing their family members? Mm-hmm. It's, it's wild. And of course, on rewatch, this moment where Clark, Clark, mm-hmm. Josephine, like, goes up and she, like, takes the paralytic. Oh, my God. On rewatch, you're like, and she's going to use it on Bellamy. Yeah. Like, I didn't even put that together when we watched it the first time. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know it was the paralytic. I mean, if I'd been paying attention. Yeah. I mean, it, I think it says it. Yeah. It, yeah. Whatever. Oops. Um, Murphy Shades, the Conclave, which I love. Um, and now she knows about Maddie. And, oh, it's so, it's, it's so, so well good. done. Because we're sitting here and as soon as she says that, we both go, ooh, ugh. And then when, when Murphy later is just like, yeah, just like, you know, Abby and can manufacture night bloods. And everyone just goes, ooh, like, oh, ooh, not good. Like, you feel like you get punched in the yeah. gut. Yeah. Like, and, like they have ugh. worked towards, like, actively worked towards making sure that no one knows about it. Yeah. And they do it so flippantly because they trust Clark. It's so good. Ugh. Like the storytelling here really involves the audience in I in a way that I don't think the show has done before. That's the point of when she's like, hey, listen, why do I have to do this? Can't we just ask them nicely? Like to Russell and Simone yeah. and Russell and Simone are like, um, yeah, maybe once you get us some information because this is a, actually a really great opportunity. Yeah, I just, I really appreciate how involved the audience is. I also appreciate that the show is correcting a lot of its past like not I'm not gonna say mistakes but that they've kind of glossed over stuff Mm. like yeah guys it's really weird that kids fight to the death to have something implanted in their brains Mm -hmm. that's weird yeah and Murphy's like hey just by the way you can't say that someone else doing something is barbaric when y'all have been doing something that in my opinion might be objectively worse right I I love that I love those little moments Mm -hmm. so we see Priya's little plaque Mm -hmm. Priya Desai Desai? And it says that six is the newest. So when... It doesn't say that, but it's clear that it is, mm-hmm. I guess is what I'm trying to say. But um, I, I assume that once Delilah's body dies with Priya inside it, then they will make... They will write seven yeah. on there, right? Because That's right so now pretty. it's like... It's not like there are seven Priyas. It's like these are six Priyas. Yeah. You know? Um, I was really interested in seeing other plaques. I was a little disappointed that we didn't get to see any because yeah. because I thought that we would, and then we'd be able to look at each one and find that maybe some are missing. I think like how interesting we might would get it to be see that later? Yeah, how interesting would it be if we if it was like Josephine Lightborn, and then it was like one, two, three, five, six. Yeah, you know, and then we were like, excuse me, 
sir, what happened here? What happened to four? Like, my question is, do you think any of them could have potentially died from the anomaly? And in that case, their bones would be so old and so brittle. Old, like, yeah. I think that'd be so interesting. Yeah, that would be interesting. But maybe that's the way that they get them stripped down, too. Mm-hmm. Throw them in an anomaly or let them get hit with a temporal flare and, oh, a uh, clean body. Right. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Don't need Dr. Curdle Jr. If Murphy doesn't have a flame in him right now, can his mind be uploaded? Can he get a chip or, like, a mind drive after he becomes a Nightblood? Like, I'm trying to figure out what Murphy, like, how she's gonna tell Murphy how this is gonna work. Because, like, do they just have extra mind drives? I mean, I'm sure they don't. They're gonna need someone to engineer one. Good thing they have a raven. Or a Riker. Or if they just, like, literally don't care about that one guy who we haven't gotten a name for yet. They're just like, yeah, we'll just, um, erase him and put Murphy in there. You know? Like, ooh. Yeggies. It, that's possible. Yeah. They must have a way to manufacture more, because my pet theory is that they're going to do this to Kane as well. Mm. Which is a really good way to have Hen- Henry and Cusick not be there, but still have Kane be around. Right. Um, I don't know if it's on a permanent basis. My theory for that is that they're going to put Kane's personality and, like, soul in a mind drive while right. Abby operates on his body. Right. So that gotcha. he doesn't, so, like, the body dies, but she can bring him back. I don't know. I have, yeah. I have, I have ideas. Yeah. So next scene, Josephine meets with her parents. She tells them the crew broke into the lab, that Maddie is a nightblood, and that Earth crew wants to leave. Russell wants Josephine to convince them not to leave. She has to keep playing Clark until she finds out how many nightbloods they have. So it's, basi- it's basically, um, cool, thanks for the info. Yeah. I love how they're like, I bet there's gonna be so many on that giant ship they've got, and I'm like, no, just those two. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. But I do love that they don't call it Nightblood. For example, I think I've probably brought this up before, if not on this podcast, on the Riverdale podcast, or could be a Stranger Things podcast, on one of our podcasts. Yeah, on one of those things we I have brought this up before, but um, in lost there's this um thing called the others and they're the the people who were on the island first basically the grounders of lost (laughs) if you will um and they're called the others they call them the others because they were given that word from somebody else who was already on the island and then we meet another piece of the survivors who did not get that information and so therefore they don't call them the others and so it and of course that would make sense like if they also called them the others it wouldn't make sense because where did you get that word um, because it came, like, specifically to this group, if that makes sense. Um, so I love that they don't call it Nightblood. Same. Because it wouldn't make sense if they had the same- I mean, we'd be able to make it make sense. We'd be like, yeah, Becca used that word or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah, but it's I like think something that's that, like, it's, it's a word that's special to us. Mm-hmm. Like, even as an audience. Yeah. And they're saying it won't matter that they jumped the line because they're gonna have a bunch of other people anyway. And I'm like, okay, well, I f- really feel like Miranda's still gonna be mad. Yeah, I feel like it's, um, gonna matter. Yeah, like, it's not- not- I, Jasmine's gonna come back either way in their in their plan. Jasmine's gonna come back soon anyway, so yeah. it's fine. But I mean, to Miranda, I'd still be like, "Well, it's the principle of the thing. You skipped over my daughter, so exactly. can't say we're friends." Yeah, like I'm not gonna say that I'm obsessed with this. Yeah, but I'm excited because I really want Miranda, especially, to sort of rise up and start fighting those two mm-hmm. because I'm ready for the primes to stage a kind of rebellion. Yeah. Also, you know? like no one knows that she killed Kaylee, and she's like, "Ah." Oh, after she killed me. And like I said, there are, the stakes are low. The stakes are very low for the Primes. Yeah. 
you know? They are low. Yeah. But no, but not really anymore. They're not really that low because there's no freaking Nightbloods left. And I Maddie's know. not 21. Josie doesn't seem to care, though. She's like, eventually we'll get more Nightbloods and she'll come back. Who cares? And she's so confident in this because she's like, I, I have a breeding program in place. And then Murphy accidentally hands her, like, the ideal thing. Okay, ready for the next scene? Do you have anything more to say about Josie and her parents? Uh-uh. Okay. So, everyone is concerned that staying in Sanctum makes it seem like they're okay with what the Primes are doing, Maddie included. Bellamy wants to build their own compound, but Murphy wants to stay. Josephine says Clark agrees with John, which is so not okay because that name is for Amori and Abby only. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Oh, and Jaha? Oh, yeah, Jaha. Remember Jaha? Yeah. <laughs> Kaya says them brainwashing people into giving up their lives is a perversion of what Becca believed, that wisdom is meant to be passed on, not kept to themselves. Murphy once again serves some tea and points out that Becca was just a self-made nightblood, just like Abby made Clark into a nightblood. Oops. Now Josephine knows that Abby can make nightbloods. Jordan interrupts their conversation to confront Priya. She says that Delilah wants Jordan to know that she is happy. Present tense. Mm -hmm. Present tense. So what up with that? Um... Yeah, so first of all, calls him John. Oops. I mean, really. Mm-hmm. She she literally did no research. She was like, I can wing this. And I'm like, really? Yeah. I would never assume that I could wing relationships mm-hmm. with other people. That you've had for years upon years upon years. Yeah, literally. She's like, I could, she's like, I fooled my mom. And I'm like, well, not really. Not really. She was kind of suspicious of you. You should be a little less reckless, girl. I loved, 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 loved Gaia bringing up the concept that the flame was about passing on wisdom and not keeping it for yourself. Mm -hmm. That's such a fun, cool, great thing to consider. Yeah, because it once again means that Maddie is not hosting all the commanders who want to live forever. She's hosting the commanders to have their wisdom and to help them guide her. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's... And even, like, the kids fighting to the death in the conclaves and stuff like they didn't know any better and they really did sacrifice their entire lives mm-hmm. for this yeah maddie is the first kid who's sort of oh no she had to sacrifice a lot too but she's the first kid who might be able to have a normal life mm-hmm. <laughs> Ooh, hmm. the flame can go into children though like after she made this one the mind drive which i guess can't go into children like it, it the first one was went into children like, for example, like, the little kids that are in the pictures, can- I guess, had mind drives? The thing that I've worked out is that the mind drives can be inserted into anyone to download. Right. But they but had not reverse engineered them to upload. Right. And you have to have a more mature brain to do the upload. But for the flame, which is more... It, it's it's a mix of organic and, like, actual scientific technology... It's, 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 it can adapt to anything. Yeah. It's more, um, like it happened later. Like she did it after she did this one. Yeah. It's way more advanced. It's more advanced. So, um, she was able to like do the upload. I mean, it wasn't even meant for upload in general. Okay. So if you're Becca, why invent the mind drives in the first place? And then about this. No, but I'm saying, so you've, you've invented the mind drives in our assumption to increase memory capacity. Yeah. What makes you make that jump from there to invent something that I can stick in my own head that will interface with an artificial intelligence? Because the flame and the idea of what Gabriel did are basically like, it's like Gabriel and Becca had the same idea twice. She's a mad scientist. She is a mad scientist, but it, so she's it is like, the same what, idea. what else can I do? Like, what, what yeah. more can I do? But it makes you wonder if Gabriel worked with Becca at all. And 
if this was an idea that they were maybe starting to explore. And it seems like the there's even more room in the flame because it's like they ha- there are a lot of commanders. It's like at some point, do, do the original commanders get deleted? You know, like your PVR where it's like, <laughs> you're, you can be like, yeah, delete the old stuff once I need to... When, once I need yeah. room for the new stuff. Like, you you've know? recorded 30 episodes of Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. Do you really need one more? And I'm like, yeah, thank you. Hmm. So I just, I think there's more to Gabriel and the whole Becca thing than we've seen so far, and I'm really excited about that. Yeah, also yeah. more Cadigan. I need Becca stuff. I need Cadigan. Well, I don't know. Also, also, Becca was brought up this season. Shaw said that he, like, met Becca. Yeah. And I'm, like, still waiting for that. Yeah, we're definitely gonna get some more Becca, I think. I don't I don't think we're even gonna get more Cadigan, but I want it. Yeah, I don't know if he's still important. He's not still important, but I didn't get enough information on him when he was. And yeah, I want to know, like, how you end up following a cult leader. Because, mm-hmm. like, Russell must have taken inspiration from him. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have anything else. Yeah, just, I mean, we've already talked about the whole present tense thing. Yeah. Which I think is our little seed of... They're still in there, there friends. Someone in there. Mm-hmm. Like I wonder if like Russell, both Russell and Josephine, um, are both like they dead, they dead, and it's like they would know. But mm-hmm. Priya, like I wonder if it depends on the person. Would be like like I wonder if it depends on the person if Josephine is able to be like yeah get out of here Clark bye I don't mm-hmm. want to hear from you like but Priya seems like a nicer person I wonder if she's like yeah Delilah I'd like to hear from you a bit. But if so, then she would know that Delilah's favorite flowers weren't daisies. Yeah, I wonder if she was perhaps just lying to Jordan to comfort him. Right. But I don't know. There's something odd about it. Yeah. There's something that's off. Yeah. And we don't have enough information about it, but God, I want it. Mm -hmm. All right. Bellamy spots Josephine slipping out and asks her in trig if they can speak alone. Josephine correctly guesses at what he says. Mm -hmm. So Bellamy wants to know how Josephine can be okay with the primes. Josephine points out that they're not much different from them, but Bellamy tells her in Trig that he sees everyone he killed when he dreams, not in the mirror. Josephine gives up the charade and asks what he said in Trig. He attacks her and asks her who she is by covering her mouth, so she can't talk, Bellamy. Mm. Josephine paralyzes Bellamy and tells him that she's Josephine Lightborn. I feel like there's somebody who has already made this, this type of speech. You know, like, I see every person that I killed... I, every, Saeed. Ah, there you go. Every person that I've ever tortured, I see their faces. It was Saeed from Lost. Thanks. It's definitely, I like this insight into Bellamy's brain as well, because, Mm -hmm. I mean, Bellamy has done some, I mean, everyone has. So, like, I'm just saying this as a precursor. Bellamy's done some horrible things. Like, Mm -hmm. he helped slaughter 300 people on a lot of fear-mongering and accusations that, of course, were meant to mirror our current reality. But... The thing that fascinates me about this is that the thing that drives him to say this is perverse is that you would have to look at your victim in the face every single day. Mm. What That's a really interesting look into Bellamy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's an interesting look into the primes. Yeah. Is they have to look at what they did every single day. That would start to drive you mad. Right. Especially because you would completely dissociate. You'd see something in the mirror that isn't you. Yeah. But they're so used to it at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, but like it, she just yeah. looks in the mirror and she's like, cool. Anyway, you know, but I think that's part of what has probably driven them all slightly insane is you look in the mirror and you don't see what you're expecting to see. Mm -hmm. You start to not think that anything's real. Right. So she can guess the language, but she can't guess like longer sentences. It's so so good. It's it's perfect. But also she's just like, does that mean dream? And also like if she can't figure out the rest of the sentence, she's like, what did dreams have to do with what we're talking about? (laughs) You know? Yo, that about face... Where mm-hmm. she just kind of gives it up. She and has like, to admit it. She it can't. Is, 
she can't like the just the villainy on Eliza's face when she just kind of like cocks her head and she's like, mm, can you repeat that last bit? Because I've given this up, but I really want to sink my teeth into like your agony. Mm-hmm. Like, I want you to know that your friend is dead. But she clearly knew it was going to happen because she had the the paralytic. So she knew yeah. at some point somebody was going to confront her yep. and she was ready. You know? Do you think she knew it would be Bellamy? I think she definitely knew as soon as he came up and said, can we speak alone? Yeah. Yeah. But when she grabbed the paralytic, maybe Bellamy was always sort of, I think she could probably figure out that Bellamy was going to be the closest based on his reactions, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And of course her saying, nice to meet you, terrifying. So good. Eliza Taylor is incredible. Mm -hmm. And I love that she's affecting a slightly higher, not quite Valley girl, but definitely a different tone from the usual Clark. Yeah. And it's unnerving. Mm -hmm. It's terrifying. Mm -hmm. It's so good. Yeah. I saw some people were really disappointed with the way that Bellamy figured it out. They wanted it to be a more emotional connection that he and Clark had, which I would argue Trig is actually one of the baselines of like the entire show. If it's something that they embraced learning and speaking to each other, I think that's incredible. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I think that even if it's not like a super emotional thing um, in this moment, what led up to it is also part of it, you know, like yeah. happiness looks good on you and all mm-hmm. of these things. It's emotional because he knows Clark and yeah. she's going against the things that he said that he knows about her. Like for yeah. example, like how are we on the, on the, on opposite sides of this? Mm. And, and you know, Clark saying it's not murder, blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah. it's like, that's also part of this, even if it's yeah. not part of this specific this is, conver- yeah. confrontation, the whole, this whole episode is Bellamy emotionally slash like just like knowing Clark to the extent that he's able to pinpoint yeah. what's wrong you know the so, whole thing is designed to break Bellamy's heart yeah so and I so I would um disagree with that yeah point I would say building off of your thing that it's like really more of a, a a slow build as opposed to like a quick break this would very much be the straw that broke the camel's back So it's like the weight was already there and this is the final thing. Mm -hmm. But the really big stuff was their ethical dilemma and their, their morals not lining up and like him being like, what's going on with you? Like, why don't we agree being very suspicious of who Clark is? So yeah, I think it's not about Trig being the thing that makes him realize it's Trig being the final piece Mm -hmm. that makes him realize, Hey, Hey, there was a joke in um, one of the Kim Possible movies mm-hmm. that reminded me of that. It's when um, a lot of bad things keep happening and then Ron is at Bueno Nacho, which is his favorite restaurant. Mm-hmm. And then something, um, there's something like wrong with, um, like he figures something out and he goes and he grabs it and he goes up to the guy and he goes, this is the last straw! And he's holding the straw and he goes, and the guy's like, what? And he goes, this is the last straw! And the guy goes, no, we have more in the back! <laughs> That's a great joke. It was a great joke, and it reminded me of that, and I giggled to myself a little bit, and I thought that was kind of weird, so I explained Thank <laughs> so you so I explained much. why I laughed. Okay. Home stretch. Abby and Jackson argue over Kane again. Kane only has 10 minutes to live when the pod opens, but the procedure that Abby wants to do will take 15 hours. 15 is one of the lost numbers. It sure is. Jackson thinks Abby has replaced her pill addiction with an addiction to saving Kane, and he's right. But she doesn't want to save him because he's an addiction. She wants to save him because he's a genuinely good person that she thinks deserves to live more than she and Jackson do because they're war criminals. Josephine sees the argument and calls Abby the Super Bowl to their entire problem, but she needs a good coach. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I'm gay, so sports metaphors are Long over my head. Me, but even I know that calling Abby the Super Bowl is a compliment. I know, her being like, this Ferrari, and I was like, I think that's good. That is cars. That's a nice car. The thing that I love the most about this scene, of course, like, I love the cabbie of it all. You know, it's me. But the thing that I love the most is that, once again, the show is saying, hey, I know we glossed over some stuff, but the stuff that Jackson did was really messed up. Mm. Because they did, they fully didn't discuss in season five, you know, they did with Miller. Like, Miller chose to follow Blood yeah. Raina. Miller chose to do this. You know, Abby and Kane were trying to rebel, but Jackson was just kind of like, hey, I just went with the status quo and I got away with it. And I was like... Yeah, Why a, did he get away with that? It's a good point because Jackson is supposed to be one of the high moralities on the show. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought that was also interesting. And when even Jackson's morals fall, because you do need someone who is going to hold up the morals. And when you've had Abby fall, you need Jackson there. And Jackson fell too, you know? It's Kane. Yeah. It's Kane. It's Kane. He's not here. I mean, she says he's good. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I think is so interesting is Abby's not saying like, Kane is good in that I think he is a flawless person and I think that he is the person and is the crutch that will hold everything together. It's that he earned that goodness by becoming a better person. Mm -hmm. And that's an example that so many of them, like, I think are trying to be, like, especially with Octavia, where, you know, she's, you know, Dios has said, as long as you're breathing, you can turn it around. Mm -hmm. And Kane is the example of that. Yeah. He yeah, went yeah, yeah, from, yeah. like, what was basically a dictator to a pacifist mm -hmm. who wants to keep people alive, but not at the expense of their souls. He and Abby switched roles because in the pilot, he says, I'm trying to keep us alive. And Abby says, I'm trying to make sure that we deserve to stay alive. Yes. And they've completely switched roles now mm -hmm. where she's like, I'm trying to keep us alive. And he's like, but do we deserve to? Mm -hmm. And I think that's beautiful. And I think that like her journey now is more focused on Kane because their relationship in terms of like how they interact with each other has always been in like a little imbalance where we always see more of Kane, how Kane feels about Abby, but we don't really see much of how Abby feels about Kane. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, it's become the focus of what she wants to do to try and not redeem herself, but to redeem him. Mm -hmm. I think that's really interesting. Yeah. I love it. I love that she's using her skills to do all this. I'm nuts about it. So Josie is clearly going to have to come up with a way to save Kane to get Abby. I thought Cabby Baby was real for a second. Oh my god! I genuinely did. When she was like, he was like, why do you have to save, I mean, I don't think he said, why do you have to save Kane? Because duh. But, but like, he yeah. said something like that. He, he was like, what's like, what's the big deal or mm -hmm. whatever. And she was like, because. And I was like, <gasps> finally! We got what we, <laughs> I was like, oh my god. finally! Sam's heckin' flowchart thing that she made. Oh my god. Her like, PowerPoint presentation is finally coming true. And then she was like, because he's a good dude. And I was like, mm, okay. Can you imagine the soap opera? I would have hated that, to be honest with you. Yeah? Yeah, I would have hated it because, like, that baby couldn't be healthy. Abby just went through detox and, like, withdrawal and stuff. Like, mm -hmm. that baby would not be good. Mm -hmm. And also, I think they're far past the age where they could have babies at this point. Abby said the dark years? I sure thought it was just one. I think she thinks of all of them as dark years. Okay. I mean, any year that you have to eat people is going to be a pretty dark one in your life. Uh, yeah, I thought they yeah. only ate people for one year. Apparently not. But she might refer to them also as um, the year she was addicted. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I like that Abby's, like, self-flagellation is so intense that she's like, I don't deserve to live. This person that I love deserves to live. So it's like, no matter how much you hate Abby, Abby will always hate herself more. Yeah. Um, I do want to point out one more cabbie thing, and then we can move on to the next scene. Kane asked her in season five 
to choose between the drugs and him, and now she's choosing him. Go off. I love it. All right, final scene. Josephine meets up with Murphy and has to painfully spell out for him <laughs> that she's not Clark because he's a simple man. Okay, listen, the people who are like, hey, Bellamy needs to have more of an emotional thing or whatever. Okay, look at the difference between Bellamy finding out and Murphy finding out. Bellamy figured it out all by himself because he knows Clark and he has yep. an emotional attachment to Clark. Murphy had, he made, she she said, my time. Oh, and God. she said, blah, blah, blah. She had to look over at his it picture. It was so bad. It is emotional. It is. It, it is. Yeah, it, look at the difference. It's, it's, it's so emotional. And it's also like, Murphy, bro. Bro, yeah. that took you a hot minute. Yeah. Though, okay- honorable mention line was what's a penny did you see that tumblr post no i think i sent it to you i haven't been on tumblr you don't get notifications for the messages you get no well lucia who writes us in she tagged me in it let me find the person who actually wrote it clark griffin on tumblr c-l-a-r-k-g-r-i-f-f-o-n murphy what's a penny kane rising from his coma photo of desmond oh my god (laughs) that's a great joke it was a great joke that's what a penny is. Penny! Penny! Sorry, continue Noodles. your, um... Oh, um, Clark's dead, Josephine's here, and hey, Murphy, do you want to be immortal? Yes, yes, he does. Yes, he does. That's it. Um, yeah. I love this Murphy moment. Me too. So, are you on the side of Murphy is just, betra- is going to betray Josephine and go with his family, or are you on the side of Murphy's fully, be- not necessarily betraying his family, but he's gonna work with Josephine? I'm in the middle. Yeah, I can see both sides for sure. I don't think there is a side. I think Murphy is always going to do what's best for Murphy. Mm -hmm. And when he is pushed to the limit, he will make a decision, which is, do I protect the people that I care about or do I protect myself? And with Murphy, you never know which he's going to choose. Yeah, in my opinion, I think what's what's happening is that he is fully on Josie's side at this point. Absolutely. He's scared. Dude, I'm sorry. Are you forgetting the fact that he saw hell? He he was messed up. He was messed up by that. Like- almost like not even almost dying literally dying Mm -hmm. and seeing that like the place you are going is dark yeah that's gonna mess you up yeah so I definitely think that he's on Josie's side and then I think if I were to make a guess is that he um was like he's on Josie's side and then at some point Josie's going to be like cool now we have to kill all your friends or something yeah I'd love for it to be about like Amori or something Mm -hmm. so we really have not seen a lot of Amori I mean uh um, uh, god tier thing that I would like if it was about Bellamy, um, <laughs> because Murphy me forever. But um, I assume that at the end, you know, he's still gonna he's gonna be working with Josie. Um, and then they're gonna be like, cool, let's kill Bellamy, and he's gonna be like, actually no, and then he's gonna betray Josie. Yeah, I think. I I would love if Murphy was the reason why Clark came back. That would be great. Like Murphy and Clark's moments in six o. Two, mm-hmm. when he's like, Clark, please don't kill yourself. We need you, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And now that Clark is like dead, yeah. I would love for Murphy to be working with Josephine. I assume that she will trust him and tell him like, well, secretly Clark is still here mm-hmm. and here's how we get her back, but don't tell anyone. And he's going to be like, I won't. And then when it matters, he will be the one to bring back Clark. I think the thing that's going to break Murphy is having to manipulate Abby. Right. Because he's the coach, right? Mm. She, He's what she needs in order to make the whole play for Abby work. Mm-hmm. So capitalizing on he and Abby's bond is going to mess him up because Murphy has shown unending loyalty to Abby. And that's going to be really, really emotional. And I think doing that is definitely going to involve uh, Kane 
And I think it probably will involve Bellamy as well. Bellamy, Amori, like, I think there's going to be a series of choices that Murphy has to make and each one's going to get harder mm. until one breaks it. That's it. That's all I have. Cool. Now it's time for segments. Yeah. My first segment is the post-apocalyptic Sasquatch and it's our favorite line award. Mine goes to Xavier and Dioza for... So who's the villain? I'm going to say you since you kidnap little kids. Fantastic. Genius. And mine goes to Dioza for, so you ate people. Get over it. <laughs> so you ate people. Who cares? Oh my God. An icon. She has a, how did she get the best lines now? Yeah. I like, love it. Sorry, Murphy, but like Dioza is here and she has stolen your sass crown. <laughs> I have an honorable mention and it's. Any fear thoughts? That's a penny. Mm, so good. And my segment is which milf was the most badass. And uh, once again, yeah, it's definitely going to Dioza. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, shout out to Abby for figuring out literally how to save Kane on no sleep and using bugs. Also, like, uh, Clark Griffin shower watch. Yeah. She showered. She she definitely it did wasn't shower. Clark, but she showered. Yeah, she, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and my next segment is the Most Valuable Protagonist Award. So this week's MVP, I have a tie. Mm -hmm. I wanted to give it to Bellamy for, you know, figuring it out and just kind of like He's a good being boy. around there. Mm -hmm. um, and then also I wanted to give it to Jordan for kind of being the catalyst of finding a all of the information they need to find out. Oat? Yeah. Yeah. I know. I heard it when I said it. <laughs> the Marcus Kane beard appreciation segment is on ice because he is on ice. Chill out. Thank you. If I, if he chill out anymore, he really would be dead. Yeah. How many episodes since the last murder? Aww. Man, we really thought that we, we had tried it. We, we sat here last night. We were like, oh my God, there wasn't any murder. Kaylee. And I would like to point out that I was the one who remembered Kaylee. I don't remember anything, so it's a milestone moment when I remember something. Incredible. Yeah. Now it's time for our trailer reaction. Now it's time for us to react to six seconds of nothing. Nothing. We are Bitter Women. Memento Mori, which is uh, one of the most heartbreaking episodes of The X-Files ever done. So fun. Yeah. Memento Mori. <laughs> You're welcome. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Three, two, one. Play. Now we get Echo, Clark, Abby, Xavier, Echo, Slant, Done. Great, great trailer. Loved it. Okay, so we've got Echo walking through the forest. Girl, why are you by yourself? Yeah, where's, um, I wonder if we were not going to see Raven again because she went back to Sanctum early, maybe. Echo by herself. Sure. Okay. Either way, we still have another week to wait. Yeah. I mean, at this point, while we're recording, we have like two weeks, but yeah. Um, Abby, and then, okay, so what, that's Dioza? Dioza and Xavier. Okay, so she got her gun back. She sure did. Or Gabriel. <laughs> and then this is... This looks like... Jade and Echo? Yeah, it must be. Definitely Jade. Is this, like, Rose getting offered to the tree? Is that Rose? No, that's a no. boy. We don't know who that is. That's someone, maybe one of the children of Gabriel. But there's full-on a skeleton beside him. Like... Where? In the wide. Oh my god! Like, they I just leave those. That. Like, they just leave those there. Oh my god. Oh, that is so creepy. Yeah, that looks like Echo. Let me How see do the... you live through this, the plant going through your head? Echo, that outfit is a damn stunt. And then I guess Echo is putting him out of his misery, I assume? Yeah. He's probably oh, saying, like, please. Because that would, that's so, that's so Echo. Yeah. She'd be like, yeah, I have no problem killing you. People. I'll do it for the good of you. No, I think it's, like, very much like mirroring Clark in season yeah. one. No, I'm I think not it's saying beautiful. that. I was yeah. saying, like, she's like, hey, killing people is not really that much of a problem for me, and now I get to do it for good. Yeah. Good for her. Mm -hmm. Um, I would also like to point out that, um, 
I love the Griffin women. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. Please, if you are so inclined, write us a review on iTunes. We like those. And we also have a survey. It's just perpetually open. It's in the description. We'd love to hear some things that you like about the podcast, some things that you don't like about the podcast, so that we know what to change. If you're a fan of Riverdale, we like to talk about that show too. We also talk about Chilling Adventures of Sabrina on that feed. Heck yeah. And if you're a fan of Lost, we like to talk about that show too. And um, right now we have an episode coming out every month, but we have guests on that one. So it's extra super lots of fun. And it's probably Probably our longest one. Yes. Um, we do a lot of important talking on there. Yes. So please um, join us. Yeah. If you're a fan of Stranger Things, we like to talk about that show too. We are finishing up season one in preparation for season three. Yay. It's almost done. Yep. Crazy. Follow at the Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Rebel, YouTube, mostly Twitter, but I do make a lot of gifts on our Tumblr and I try really hard. So please support me. And our Patreon is patreon.com slash theaffectionados. If you have a spare dollar, we would really appreciate it. I was just checking to see if we had any reviews. We have two ratings of five stars, so thank you. Write us a review. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey, that's R-O-B-Y, and E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y, pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. The next episode is episode 606. It's called Memento Mori, and in Latin, that means remember that you will die. So what a fun reminder. Or keep that in mind. Okay, love you, bye. Okay, love you, bye. We are adorable. I don't know how people stand us. <laughs>